Yo, this is Conan. You're listening to World of Wrestling Podcast with Tax and Rich. Boom. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the World of Wrestling Podcast. My name is Rich, and as always, I'm joined by my good buddy, Tax Williams. Oh, we've, we've sort of called an audible. We've gone a bit early. We've blown our load too early, and then they changed the date of WrestleMania. Yeah, exactly. We realized it was 10 weeks until Mania, so we we're like, why don't we do our 10-week TNA Aces and 8 series, which we are doing episode one of today. Uh, but so, uh, but then they moved it back and actually like, what is it, three, four weeks? And so we've actually got 13, 14 weeks. So maybe we can take a week off. <laughs> maybe we can do some Japan <laughs> stuff, you know? Because this fucking TNA show, oh, mm, what a start we've got, Tax. Oh, but before we get into it, mm. um, we also, as dear listener, as you probably followed, and we mentioned on last week's pod, I had a delivery from Amazon this weekend. Me too. Mm. <laughs> I ordered mine on Prime. It was delivered the next day. Um, if you wanted to go and check out uh, my daughter's unboxing of it, go and check it out on our um, our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash World of Wrestling Podcast, and on Twitter at World of Rest Pod. Our hoodies are better than any merch I've ever bought from any wrestling show <laughs> or anything else. The quality's great, really comfy. I'm wearing mine now, my hoodie. I was super impressed with mine. Yeah, it came through and it was all like comfortable, well made and the print was good. I'm not just saying it because we're trying to flog us. We don't we make fuck all money from these. Let's be honest about it. It's just that we thought it'd be cool to get some decent merch out there and it's come out so good, man. I'm so impressed. Yeah, and, and the t-shirt's really good as well because I wasn't paying much attention to what I was putting on this morning. I put it on, didn't realize I had a lot of very important business calls at work today. <laughs> Clients look at the phone going, are you on a unicorn? <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing. I was like, yes, I am. But in all seriousness, guys, um, just look for World Wrestling Podcast on Amazon.co.uk. Um, you'll see our old CM Punk style t-shirt and our new, la- new range, which is our me, Rich, and Murder Clown on a unicorn doing a poo a in proof t-shirt by the man himself we did ask murder clown if we could do this and he was just like yeah awesome <laughs> and gave us loads of heart emojis and stuff didn't he he was really cool about yeah. it yeah well done senior clown and also again thank you to um your better half at squishy kit squishy kitty sorry and willpower for their fantastic design and digitalization work of making it so awesome yeah, I'm super happy with that. Uh, worldofwrestlingpodcast.com is the best place to find all the links to all the t-shirts and such if you can't be able to find them on Amazon. Um, but yeah, you can also find, you know, pod subscription links and stuff there as well. So send your friends. Give us more listens. If we can make money from this one day, that'd be amazing. <laughs> and dear listener, I have a challenge for you. Mm. So, and obviously I haven't told you about this, but it's okay. It's going to come out of a, a bank of tax. If you're listening to this podcast and you like it, and you have a Twitter account, give us a follow at World of Rest Pod. If we get over 200 followers, I will do a competition where we can win a free World of Wrestling Podcast hoodie. So awesome. we get over those 200, we will do a competition for people to win it. Awesome. That's really cool, man. That's a nice thing to do. Look at you. Aren't you lovely? I mean, it's nothing to do with I sold a lot of old Warhammer and I've got some money that I don't <laughs> want to go to the bank and bank. <laughs> I regret some of my Warhammer. But let's move on to TNA Genesis 2013, episode one of our TNA Aces and Eight series. Um, Go on. I was going to say, so there is a reasoning behind picking this moment in time for Aces and Eights. Now, if we covered this whole run of Aces and Eights, we'd have been going from the 14th of June 2012 all the way to November 2013. 
Fuck that. So, <laughs> I'm not doing that long of TNA. Oh, exactly. But if you're unfamiliar with the storyline of Aces and Eights, it starts said in, in June 2014 where a masked stable attacks Sting when he's discussing his uh, TNA Hall of Fame induction. And then a couple of weeks later, they deliver a, an envelope to GM of TNA at the time, which was the immortal racist Hulk Hogan. Mm. containing a photograph of Aces and Eights playing cards known as Dead Man's Hand, for those of you who are card aficionados. The black spot. <laughs> but that, That's a noti- really funny Muppets joke that you're not going to get because you've not seen Muppet Treasure Island, have you? I am aware of some of the Muppets. <laughs> <laughs> Someone found that funny. Go on, carry on. <laughs> um, and you could tell this storyline was going to be brilliant from day one where... You've got this masked group attacking Sting, and then a couple of weeks later, they write the note to Hogan, which said, we're not cowards. We've got something for you, Hogan. Wait and see. And oh boy, I take you on a journey for six months to where we're actually going to start getting the good parts of Ace and Eights. We've got Mike Knox for you, Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Don't spoil it. He gets revealed later. Come on, come on. So... We're in essentially we're in the summer of 2012, and throughout the whole of this time period, Ace and Eights are a group of masked bikers, very much embracing the whole concept of Sons of Anarchy. Bring. They take <laughs> not the not the time when the series when they're in Northern Ireland, they really fucked up the like the credits music for it. Yeah, it was true. ridiculous. Mm. Anyway, I don't want to digress into that because we've got some other quality <laughs> stuff to cover here. I'd much rather talk about Sons of Anarchy in this bollocks we're watching today. <laughs> How very dare you! <laughs> but we so they make their pay per view debut um, at Hardcore Justice in August of 2012 when they attack um, the Pope. D'Angelo De Niro, not the chap from the Vatican. <laughs> For a second, I forgot there was a character called the Pope. <laughs> that was very funny. <laughs> um, and they basically interfered in a four-way match, allowing uh, attacking Jeff Hardy. And Bully Ray came out on top in that show. Interesting. Mm. And again, they just continue to fight and brawl, fight and brawl, until we get to October of 2014, when they have their first pay-per-view match at Bound for Glory, where it's Sting and Bully Ray in a no disqualification tag match against two masked members. They're still all masked at this point of Ace and Eights. With if Ace and Eights lose, they have to leave Impact forever. This is the storyline retribution. Nice, yeah. Wish they were in and could leave. <laughs> okay, but like Ace it. and Eights. Yeah, but if they win, they had complete access to the Impact Zone. And then, which also I assume means they get their own entranceway, which we see uh, in this show. What does that they mean won... exactly? Complete access to the impact zone. You get to like, you know, walk into Dixie, Dixie's locker room or whatever. Yeah, exactly. They can do what they want, can they? Mm. Have their own little clubhouse. But they won after um, they won after two other members attacked. But this is a pivot, one of the pivotal moments. Basically. It's because the first member is revealed. I remember at the time the internet was buzzing of who it could be and the absolute adoration when the mask was removed off and it was Devon Dudley. <laughs> I'm about to say, I remember the vivid disappointment of being like, oh, it's Devon, okay. <laughs> and the shock between Bully Ray and Devon, the former brothers, yeah. former tag partners. So That's about when I stopped watching TNA to clarify. So I've never really seen all this show that we're doing today 
but I'd seen up until like right before it, I'd watched most of TNA. And when they started doing this storyline and they had Hogan and Bishop and everyone there and like Jeff with his ugly fucking belt and they unveiled fucking Devon as this apex of this storyline to kick it off, I'm like, yeah, no, I'm good. See you later. <laughs> so there we go. So so they started having Devon cut the promos as the sergeant at arms and he was essentially the voice of the, the stable. Right. And then a week later... um. They well, I say a week later, a couple of weeks later, they carry on fighting till we get to November, and they introduce another unmasked member, which was Doc, the director of Chaos, known to you and me as the Big LG, Luke Gallows. Yeah. Um, he came in as a prospect. <laughs> Brilliant, because okay. because we all know what happens to prospects in uh motorbike gangs, they get yeah. hazed, raped, and murdered. Pretty much shit in the jacket. Standard. Yeah. yeah. But lots of hammer attacks, because that's what bikers use. As a man who rides motorbikes, I can tell you, I always carry a hammer with me in case there's some rowdy boys on there. You've got to hammer that fucking (laughs) wheel back together, you know? (laughs) Exactly. That's all I carry the hammer for. Not to take out those people on Kawasaki Ninjas popping wheelies (laughs) down a country road. (laughs) Oh, I love it. So, basically... um, we get to December and Devon wins a belt. He wins the television title. He Is that wins what it's it called now? Joe. What, wasn't yep. it called the Legends title at one point? It became the Legends title after it was the TV title. Right. So I at this point, it's still the TV title. Rarely defended on TV as well. Okay. So yes, it's it's, it's fucking ugly. Jesus Christ, that belt's ugly. TNA has some ugly fucking belts. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. Carry on. So we're now in December. Mm-hmm. We're six months in. Devon's won a belt. Ace and Ace are still kicking around. And all we've got at the moment is Gallows and Devon being unmasked. On the 27th of December, Ace and Eight offered membership to Ken Anderson. Mr. Bobby Anderson! <laughs> Still sounds so much better. Yeah, go on. And um, basically, he was sort of umming and ahhing whether he was going to join and that evening Big Mike Knox was announced as joining Ace and Eight so that's where we are we've had six months and we've had a big reveal of Devon Dudley uh, Ken Kennedy's been offered a role mm. um, in Ace and Eight we've got Gallows in there as now like their, their director of chaos and Mike Knox is also there yeah it's not quite the NWO reveal is it and this is six months. Mm. This is six months. a long time. Now, in TNA at the moment, we start at 2013. TNA have gone back to the model of only having four pay-per-views a year. So, again, they're trying to cost-cut <laughs> and make their events a bit Has, more useful. Are we going to say why? Because it's pretty obvious that their pay-per-views weren't making any fucking money. Because <laughs> no well, one that... was fucking buying them. So they just put everything on impact for like, a couple of years around this time. All the big reveals, all the big moments were all on impact, right? Yeah. So this is where we got to today. And last week after the pod, we decided to go and do this. I said, well, don't worry, Rich. I will go and download, get us access to uh, Impact Plus. We Mm. can watch it all nicely on the app, on our nice computers. I signed up for the app. I looked to find TNA in 2013. It's not fucking there. Yeah. So the Impact Plus app, as it's called or the uh, streaming service, like the network or whatever. It has all the pay-per-views in 2013, but none of the impacts. Which I believe the period they are on Spike TV is not theirs. 
wasn't this show technically on Spike TV, or was this a pay-per-view that had adverts? I, this was a pay-per-view with adverts, and we'll get to the flipping streaming service quality, because I know sometimes we, <laughs> we shake on the WWE Network for being buggy and unreliable, mm. but Jesus Christ, at least if I've got a pay-per-view, I, I have the adverts still in there. <laughs> yeah, because... Well, I mean, we'll talk about it now. Fuck it. It fades to black occasionally and then just comes back up to exactly the same moment you left. And so it's not like when you're watching live TV <laughs> and, you know, they do the spot to the outside. A couple of minutes pass where the adverts come back and they show you what happened during the adverts. It's, it's literally, they'll be standing about to go to the outside and then they'll cut to adverts or, or what, what we see is just fade to black. And they come back and they're still in exactly the same position. So if there was an advert there, it like completely ruins the illusion that this was live in any way. What I can tell you is Bischoff probably in the truck was so fed up by this, he fell asleep and he just pushed up on the fader on the desk. Oh, fuck! <laughs> Get I the wondered, picture back. I honestly thought maybe they just made a mistake where accidentally hitting their fader black button and be like, oh, fuck, we did it again! Because, <laughs> you know? I mean, it is TNA. There's a few production mistakes here and there in their history, you know? Yeah, because uh, I think as well at this time, John Gaburik was involved in a lot of their production. Jeez, I have no idea what that name is. Who's that? Um, Big John. If you watch the original Tough Enough, mm. where you had the big lad in there with Al Snow, that's John Gaburik. He used to be like Kevin Dunn's... I think he was involved in, like, in Vince's Inner Circle. I think it was referred to as Big. He wasn't in Sex and the City. as Mr. Big. He was just Big. How have you seen Sex and the City but not Pinocchio? Oh, I haven't watched Sex and the City. I just... <laughs> I, I, I'm not going to lie to you. When I was younger, I saw the words sex in a TV show on Channel 4 that I thought would be like Eurotrash, and it wasn't. Right. It was just about four women bitching. Okay, I can understand that. Eurotrash is great. I missed that show. It's fucking hilarious. Anyway, so but, is that pretty much where we're up to at this point in the storyline? Because I don't think anything else has really happened up until now, has it? It's almost like this is by design to start here, that nothing has happened in Aces and Eights other than they've been allowed to have their own clubhouse and entranceway um, in the impact zone. And... Um, a couple of lads have had their masks removed and it's been quite disappointing. So wasn't so there's there's a there's a, a Joseph Park kidnapping bit with Hogan and Sting that I seem to remember. Was that before this episode of Genesis? This show? I think it was before this, yeah, because Joe Park's got um kidnapped and that's why he ended up having his match with uh Devon. Yeah. Um but this, prior to this, this is when Abyss was humanised, was given Hogan's Hall of Fame ring and became very much humanised. And just to give you the lay of the land, how TNA is as at this pay-per-view, as Rich mentioned earlier, we've got our TNA world champion of Jeff Hardy with the ugly belt <laughs> and also his custom-made belt. <laughs> exactly. That's my joke later. <laughs> I know. That's not funny. <laughs> Because the TNA bar is ugly as fuck at this point, and fucking Hardy's ugly. He's even this is even the um the slightly altered Jeff Hardy custom belt to make it look better, and it still looks fucking terrible. Yeah, because Jeff Hardy's oh. old custom belt used to have the purple leather, didn't it? And now it's yeah. got black leather, and it's like a different shape and shinier and stuff. It's oh, it's fucking terrible still. But it's like, basically Brit rest shit trying to pretend they've got a decent world title. Mate, I think that's being too nice about it. I think it's worse than it's like someone's vomited onto a fucking belt strap and been like, there you go, perfect. <laughs> it's, it's awful. But like so that that, that moment it. I mentioned where they, they kidnap Joseph Park. Parks or Park? I think it's Joe Park. Whatever. That guy. 
who obviously is, you know, the brother of Abyss. Great storyline. I love it. Um, and then you've got Hogan and Sting sitting the opposite ta- on opposite side of a table, kind of captured, and they're doing the whole down spotlight thing, like, oh, it's dramatic. And they're sitting across from the person who's the leader of Aces and Ace that doesn't get unveiled yet, obviously. And he's got like a, a voice modulator changing his voice. But when you see the guy talking, he's just sitting there with a mask on with no voice modulation up to his thing. So the voice modulation's obviously done in post. So Sting and Hogan have sat across from this guy, heard him talk for like 10 minutes, and they still don't know who it is. I just remember watching this being like, this is the dumbest fucking shit I've ever seen. Like, it makes no sense. The acting was abysmal. The narrative's fucking stupid. And so, yeah, that's why I stopped watching, just to kind of like throw it out there. That segment really, really got to me. However, at this time, so I'll quickly run down the the champions as well. Who were, so Hardy's got the big gold belt. Yeah. Oh, don't call it that. RVD is the X Division champion because he's a name value. Tag champions are Hernandez and some other fucking bloke who I hate. <laughs> yeah. Hello, Chavo. How you doing? Tara we'll to him, is Tara's knockout champion. Very on board with having Tara Victoria walking oh, around yeah, as champ. Sure. Did very, you know? Very good. Uh, did you know she was in WWE at one point? Do you know that Jeff what? Hardy was in WWE at one point? Do you know that Rob Van Dam was in WWE at one point? Do you know at one point Big Hernandez was almost signed by WWE? <laughs> Do you know that Charbo was in WWE? It's <laughs> fucking company, I swear to God. Cool. Uh, TNA Knockouts Champion. Mm. Sorry, TNA Knockouts Tag Team Champions. The ladies' tag belts are held by ODB and Eric Young. Of course they are, because TNA. And as we mentioned in our opening bit... Devon is the TNA television champion. Did you know he used to work for Vince one time, Tax? <laughs> well, it's funny you should say that because that name value still had impact as the highest rated wrestling show in the UK for the whole of 2013. Good Lord. Because obviously it was on free to view on Challenge TV here in the UK, which I think they were gar- getting maybe sort of 1.5 to 2 million viewers a week in the UK, which is why they always yeah. came over and did the UK tour because there was money in it. And they were outstripping Raw because even in 2013, people started going, this is a bit crap, isn't it? Yeah, sure. It was also TNA was free on TV. Like I remember occasionally my sister even, who is not a wrestling fan, messaged me and being like, oh, we're watching the wrestling. What the fuck's Hulk Hogan doing nowadays? What's this story? It makes no sense. Did you know he used to work for Vince? Yeah, he did. Did you say that? So um, today we are are we gonna go into the paper now, or are we just gonna yes, 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 okay, yeah. cool. <laughs> it's fine. I've got plenty to talk about. But anyway, so TNA Genesis 2013. So you know Genesis were a band, right? I can't dance. Okay, cool. So yeah, you, you've played a bit of the old uh, bass in your previous life. So, yeah. <laughs> so they were a popular new kind of dynamic know progressive sort of band and got a bit shit when the original owners left and the drummer took over you know <laughs> then everyone kind of fucked off to go have their own careers this is tna <laughs> <laughs> yes so it's live hey for view on the 13th of january 2013 we're watching this on impact plus how did you find this streaming service sir fucking awful <laughs> so i'll start with because i'm still quite old and i like watching my 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 stuff on on my my tv you know, you know what's mean, the point yeah. in moving house and having a lovely wall mounted tv if you can't watch anything on it sure so what i like to do is i thought okay well i'll see if i can get the browser up on my smart tv and just log into it there impact doesn't work on a samsung 
on the web browser on a Samsung TV. So I was like, okay, brilliant. Maybe the app's available on Samsung TV. No, it's not. This isn't boasting just to get over Samsung. Samsung, Samsung, Samsung. Um, so I thought, okay, well, I'll mirror it off my phone onto the mm. TV. Put it in full screen. Great. Didn't give me full screen on my TV. Still have a white bar at the bottom. It won't allow you to mirror properly from an iPhone onto a TV. Brilliant. Clunky. Can't jump to a specific point of a match. <laughs> it's just the shit. It's not as good as the network or even like, you know, any other indie wrestling streaming service out there. It's, fucking um, nothing else on TV run by that absolute fucking reprobate Sean McMahon mm. was better than this app. Sure, man. Like, um, they just revamped it relatively recently as well, and it's still not very good. I watched this on my browser, and to be fair, it was fairly smooth and fairly easy to operate. But, you know, that's a typical thing. of The same thing with the network. You search Genesis 2013, it's like, did you mean everything from 2013? And you're like, no, just show me the fucking pay-per-view. And, so and more importantly, if you looked for everything for 2013, you would have found four pay-per-views. So yeah. it would have been hard to find it. Yeah, that's a fair point. I think that's a cop-out as well from an impact, from a... I, I can't honestly say to anyone get this streaming service because there's loads of extra good bonus content on there because there's not. It's it's missing big holes in their history, obviously due to licensing and whatever they've got. But it's eight quid a month. And it's full of shit. And you also have to pay extra for the pay-per-views. Do you know that? I, I, I didn't know that. All I know is that mm. No I, Surrender, I, yeah. which is going to have um, the... Uh, oh, what's it? Uh, Private Party go against Gallows and Anderson sure. for the TNA tag straps. They're both heels. happening but... on No Surrender. Okay. <laughs> They're both heel teams now. Yeah, do you know that? They just turned heel in AEW. I, d- I did see on uh, BTE that, you know, big money mats mm-hmm. running them running wild. TNA, TNA. I mean, did you know Matt Hardy once worked for Vince? He did, yeah, yeah. He's, he's also a big part of TNA in the future, isn't he? So, um, yeah, no, I went to watch uh, what's the show that literally just happened, Hard to Kill? Um, yeah, with the Hard Kenny to Omega watch. stuff. Oh, fucking A, man, yeah. And the show was reasonable. Uh, Matt Stryker, Jesus fucking Christ, is the worst commentator in the world. That's nothing to do with this. It's right. We're going into the main event, right? This big pay-per-view. They've got Kenny Omega in their main. And he's like, we are hard to kill. <laughs> You're like, why did you leave a pause there? Because <laughs> it's funny. Because it's funny. Fucking imbecile, man. Like, everyone was taking it so seriously. Yeah, this all this tension building. Instantly, Matt Stryker kills everything with one moment fucking moron it's uh, such a shame impact are still running with no mm. fans it's good they've still got a product going out it's still that it's good that they're, the guys are getting a payday they're doing a lot of good stuff at the moment let's be honest the interaction with AEW and stuff it has a lot of potential yeah i mean i'm looking forward to as you know the only good thing i see from highlights from impact every week is tony khan's paid adverts yeah genuine, genuinely funny um have you ever been to a live tna show before we get into genesis i haven't no i went to one it was in a, a tiny little sports hall in Essex somewhere. And it was really, really shit show. <laughs> but <laughs> it had its moments and it was fun seeing like, you know, I think they did Joe versus Abyss. And you know, they see two horses having a good time. It was good fun. But the other thing I'll, I'll never forget is we were like, there was like four rows of seats between the ring and us. And then we were on like the second or third row of bank seating. So we were literally like six rows back eye level with the wrestlers perfect like absolutely great place to watch professional wrestling and i remember kurt angle was injured at the time i say injured 
he's permanently been injured for about 10 years up until this point. And he came out to the ring and I've never seen someone be more high in their fucking life. Like, his eyes were just glass. It was the weirdest shit. We're all sitting there being like, is this guy okay? Because, fuck man, he should not have been wrestling. Like, really should not have been wrestling. Uh, yeah, I I think that's the thing as well with TNA and, and that's one of the criticisms of the time when Angle went there. Because obviously WWE let him go because they said to Angle, you need to get yourself sorted out. We can't we can't have you being here when you're going to do what you're going to do. This, this isn't Carney Bollocks Company. Took him over like, yeah, no worries. In you go, boy. <laughs> Fucking TNA. <laughs> I, I, again, and I, I mentioned the UK shows earlier because i know some of our listeners like and also some of the guys that we've been to shows with like mark blake and sort of dan cormroy silas roth that i think those guys went to one of the wembley shows all right and they said they were it was great i imagine it was yeah crazy rockers crowd uh lots of good spot guys in the in the roster you know what i mean like they've got fucking immensely good wrestlers they don't know how to fucking book them but if you're going to a spot show in wembley i imagine that's a lot of fun you know yeah, but you know, we've gone on about 25 minutes now and uh, we've got nine matches to cover, so we should probably crack on. Mate, there's nothing to talk about, don't worry. <laughs> so the theme for tonight <laughs> is Heavy Hearts by Close Your Eyes. I actually thought it was quite decent. It's very much kind of like, you know, emo post-hardcore shit. and like, what kind of cunts would be in that sort of band, eh? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did notice the comments on the YouTube video, the official one, have been turned off, which is never a good sign, but you know, is what it is. So, uh, we've done our TNA Aces and Aces backgrounds up until this point. Uh, the only note I have is Sons of Anarchy. <laughs> so, we'll move on. Opening video package. We start with our still images of Jeff Hardy cut into black. Awful. TNA Wrestler of the Year 2012, Jeff Hardy. Bobby Roode's the longest reigning champ. Austin Aries. At eight months. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. <clears throat> It, it's longer than WCW in 2001. Let's put it that way. It's Very true, yeah. They're trying to do some improvements. They gave the a guy the belt for eight months. Like, it's not long enough to really, like, you know, definitively have those moments like a punk or a whatever, you know, like a Kobashi, you know, the three, four-year reigns, but... <sighs> Let's move on. Austin Aries, longest reign X-Division champ. <laughs> he goes on about his four-star pay-per-view matches, and I'm like, mate, want to mark for yourself more in your opening video package? What the fuck? What a great promo. <laughs> but after COVID to come and go, I have non-stop two-star matches <laughs> every show I'm on. Imagine if someone one day is like, I've got four pay-per-views that have all got four plus cornflakes. <laughs> yeah. Yoink, having that. So these three lads are having a triple threat for the ugly ass belt tonight. TNA do a great line in awful belts. Like I was thinking about this the other day. Like The X Division belt's kind of ugly. It's got the red X on it, you know. They've got like the the main belt, which is fucking ugly. They've got that every, red belt. When I, which is every time I ugly. see the every time I see the X division belt, I thought that would have been much better for Paige rather than the Divas belt. <laughs> Cheers, Brad So very WCW that video pack is just highlighting one match, not the show. One's all you need. Yeah, yeah apparently so. Cut to TNA Genesis logo with a ring of fire stock element stuck around it. Looks fucking terrible. This is what's this twenty thirteen. January 2013, yep. Bro, their production team. like They've got such good production stuff. Like, the staging and everything we'll get to in a second is fucking great. And, like, genuinely, it looks really professional. They've got the whole Universal Studio thing going on, the Spike TV production, the really, really good job. But these graphics, man, it's like generic Brit Rest indie 
bollocks they've just downloaded off youtube and stuck around like oh so it's not tna but it's not triple a bad but it's bad for this company you know it's almost like hogan and bischoff aren't letting borash do his job properly mate we'll get to borash fucking hell want to mean gene it much but worse like he's every single fucking match <laughs> oh let's cut to jb <sighs> we cut into this <clears throat> arena <laughs> it's not an arena it's the impact zone <laughs> Ah, the four-sided ring. Thank God it's not that six-sided bollocks I can part with ten weeks of six-sided ring stacks. Please tell me it's four-sided on Impact as well. It is, because this oh, is what Hogan God. and Bischoff changed when they came in on the on the attempt to counter-program Bret Hart returning to WWE when Hogan joined TNA. Yeah. One of the first things he said was like, not doing it in a six-sided ring. Got to be a four-sided ring. I think he called it a toy ring, didn't he? Yep. I mean, people talk about the six-sided ring separating TNA from WWE, and I understand that, and it is a unique aspect. But the guys hate working in it, from what I understand. It's stiff as fuck. It hurts to bounce on the ropes. It ruins all your tag matches, because no one knows where the fuck to stand at any point. Cue Macho Man, the early runs of, like, you know, six-sided rings and stuff. Um, it's it's I, I really don't like the six-sided rings. After watching AAA the other day, it's... it's um. I don't know how to describe it. It's it's gets in the way of the camera a lot. It's not good for, from a visual from a fan standpoint. In attendance, I can imagine it's better than having the visual on a television. Yeah, I'm trying to think if I've ever seen a six-sided ring. I don't think I have. It it's, no, it I've looks never a bit seen one live. Looks a bit kind of bigger and more in the round. So if you had it in like you know the camera roundhouse or something, it might work better. Are you trying to announce you're going to start promoting shows with a six-sided ring? <laughs> Fuck that shit. So these spootiest... You heard it here first. <laughs> get your bookings in at World of Wrestling Podcast. <laughs> these spootiest of pyro kicks off. It's like mini WCW Nitro pyro. It's yeah. awful. It, it, um, yeah, mm, it, it's good for the size of what they have. It just doesn't have the same impact. <laughs> How many times are I going to make that terrible pun? <laughs> of like, you know, a big arena with tons of fucking pyro kicking off, you know? It's, it's um, I don't know. Lots of fucking schizophrenic camera moves and cuts. It's fucking mind-numbing start. As the first camera pans across the people who are on holiday at Universal Studios. I mean, TNA fans. <laughs> Definitely didn't have to pay to get in. <laughs> Fuck no, man. An unenthused voice I don't recognize welcomes us to the show. Welcome inside. I'm going to do it like he did it. Welcome inside an absolutely ruckus impact zone. As TNA Wrestling... <laughs> he didn't laugh. As TNA Wrestling prevents the first ever pay-per-view of 2013, it's time for Genesis. Do you know oh, hi, Todd Canelli. <laughs> He's fucking awful, mate. So bad. <laughs> Hello, everybody. It's Todd Kennelly, the Professor Mike Tenay, the human suplex machine, Taz. I gotta tell you, I'm fired up. <laughs> tell your fucking voice. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Again, you would not believe that he was one of Hogan's mates, would you? Oh, is that how he got the fucking job? He was the ring announcer in Hogan's Celebrity Championship Wrestling. He also, he still does commentary for, um, uh, what's it? Uh, what's it, Wrestling Out of Hollywoods? Or the NWA Hollywood stuff. I think they. I think he does something. Oh no, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood. I think yeah. is what he um he does, and I think he's also done MMA uh, commentary stuff. When I've looked uh, through his profile, because 
I completely, I get like you, I had no idea he was even in the company. Completely, I, I always just thought it was Taz and Tanay. Then um, Borash got involved. Then mm. Josh Matthews came and added to your enjoyment of the product. Hey Dave, what did you think of his commentary? Do you get what I did there? Hey Timmy, did. how did what did you think of his commentary? Oh crikey! He doesn't know the wrestlers' fucking names. Tax. <laughs> what? He constantly gets them wrong. I mean, he's no Mike Adamley. I mean, yeah, that was worse to be fair. But like, don't really cut that quick. How long is this? Is this guy on every fucking week of this impact? All I know is that he was in the company for one year from 2012 to 2013. So I don't know if he's going to be on every week. Oh God, I hope he goes away because like I'm not a fan of Tanay or Taz. But when this this Todd, I'm calling him Todd on commentary from now on, okay, by the way. When Todd on commentary stops talking and Tanae chimes in, I'm like, oh, that's a nice relief. <laughs> because someone actually gives a shit about the production of this fucking show. Like, Tanae starts talking about, like, the main event that they're putting over hard, like, this three-way match, okay. Even Taz chimes in, and I fucking hate Taz's commentary, especially on this show. It's awful, in my opinion. But, like, oh, it's just so much better than this Todd guy. At least it's enthused. It's almost like Hogan came in and when he removed Don West, he's like, well, I've got the guy for you guys. <laughs> Let's get rid of Don West. And everyone's like, that's a great idea. Finally, we'll move Don West into like the marketing and the advertising stuff that he's really good at, hyping up the crowd up, like before yep. we go live. That's good what Don idea. West's really, really good at. Mm-hmm. Let's get in another commentator. Now, JR's available. <laughs> Heyman's available. <laughs> Don't worry, boys. I've got someone for my Celebrity Championship Wrestling that was won by uh, Dennis Rodman. So, uh, get todd Canelli on there terrible christy hemi is our ring announcer for the evening yes genuinely does a good job all night like she's really hauled up to the gills but i mean i imagine she's been told to at this point right must be everything in all seriousness and i will probably be mocked for this i think everything christy hemi has done in wrestling she's always gone at it a hundred percent like sure. Her ring announcing's yeah. been really good. Her work with the knockouts is great. Even some of her matches she had in WWE was good. And, you know, I can't deny that I'm pretty sure she did an excellent job in Playboy. <laughs> sure she did. Don't know what you're talking about. TNA World Tag Team title match to start with. Tax's favorite wrestler in the entire world, Chavito Guerrero and Hernandez, the current champions, versus <clears throat> Matt Morgan. And, well, Blank. this is awkward. Mm. What a match to start on. How did this cunt find onto the first show of this? <laughs> I mean, he's got to be on every fucking show, isn't he? He was part of... Do you, do you recall, were you still watching it when they did TNA Gut Check as part of Impact? Um, I remember seeing the clips. I didn't watch them because they put some of them on YouTube, didn't they? Yeah, so Gut Check, remarkably, was still done as a shoot where the whole idea was people were going to come out and say no to people. So essentially they were always going to have it that, <sighs> that the person didn't know and they were supposed to be like, yes, no. Yeah, I just remember how, what, how this happened Yeah, with Ric Flair going, ah, fuck it, I'll do my own thing, right? Exactly. Flair went off script and said, yep, I'm going to give him two. So it's two yeses to one no for Joey Ryan. So they had to give him a contract. <laughs> <clears throat> seeing joe ryan's gimmick here i mean who thought i'd turn out to be a fucking creepy rapist you know allegedly careful mm. he's just he's just managed to survive his first court hearing 
Matt, yeah, allegedly, 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 but mm, creepy fuck here. Yeah. The gimmick, obviously. I'm just talking about the wrestler, yeah? The character. Exactly, the character. Comes across like a creepy fucking rapist, didn't he? Yeah, the character. These characters. Mm. <laughs> yeah, these characters. God, he's a horrible piece of shit, isn't he, this character? But speaking of characters, mm. Matt Morgan, really <laughs> nice bloke. <laughs> Matt Morgan seems like a dude. He, he has um, an autistic son as well, and I remember him uploading a video of his son talking for the first time and the joy on his face. My God, man, that's a guy I can relate to. Seems like the loveliest person in the world. Matt Morgan, who's the current mayor of the funniest name place in a... I think he's also a, a mayor in Tennessee with Glenn Jacobs, and I believe right. Matt Morgan is the mayor of Longwood. <laughs> Good stuff. Which is brilliant. And I, I listen to his podcast. I, you know, We've exchanged a couple of DMs on a few bits before, and he's always come back to me. Really, really nice guy. Oh, I've nice. got a lot of time for Matt Morgan. Mate, here he looks like a fucking beast. How this guy didn't end up being a big star in wrestling, I'll never understand. I, well, I th- look at it. He was supposed to twice. So in WWE, he was supposed to win tag belts with Nathan Jones, and then Nathan Jones got sent down to o- um, OVW. So they would mm. like to Matt Morgan. Yeah, can't do it. And then Vince McMahon gave him a stuttering gimmick because obviously that always works well with big men. Um, Why did they always insist on putting gimmicks on Matt Morgan? Can they not see who I see in front of me? And when he went to TNA, when he was the blueprint, the DNA of TNA, and they were going to push him to win the belt, and then last minute Hogan turned around and was like, nah, sorry. (laughs) It's almost like TNA have an issue with not pushing guys who should be pushed, tax. Matt Morgan talks at length about his time in OVW when he was hitting things like shooting star presses and Jim Cornette had a meltdown and like beat the shit out of him. He was like, what are you doing? You are not supposed to do that. You're seven foot tall. Fucking hell, Matt Morgan. Be a big man. Yeah. So, I mean, he's coming out here in a Wizard of Oz level golden cape, purple cape, because he's a guy that obviously needs more gimmicks, right? Yeah. I mean, it's it's the only thing that he could find also, you know, excellent colour of trunks. Well played, Matt Morgan. I was going to say, gold shiny trunks tax is probably furious. Yeah? Nah, he wore those before me, so fair, fair play enough. to Matt Morgan. Gold trunks, white boots, yes please. So, <clears throat> sorry, my throat's a bit sore today. <clears throat> Excuse me. <clears throat> the bell rings, the crowd chant for Chavo. Fuckers. <laughs> so I immediately go, so... Ryan and Morgan are meant to be the heels, I guess. But it's, it's yes. kind of hard to tell. But I think that's what they're going for here. Fades to black, fades up. And I'm like, ads, what? But we talked about that already. Uh, it's very did you notice, on the, sorry, sorry, on the subject of like, the flashing, did you also notice occasionally throughout your stream you just have a, like, a red light just flicker on the screen? It would like just flash red from time to time. Yep. Impact Plus, everyone. <laughs> I wondered whether that was some sort of subliminal aces and eights are coming type thing, but apparently not. Apparently it's just um, <clears throat> transcoding problem or something. So, uh, back and forth, this Todd lad gets, gets mocked relentlessly on commentary by Tanae and Taz for not knowing what a backdrop is. It's pretty funny. But, I mean, can we stop getting ourselves over and talk about the fucking wrestling match that's happening, boys? Oh, I'm, I was angry. Like, we're a minute into the match. This is not good omens. This is a three fucking hour pay-per-view tags. This match, I was hoping there'd be something here because the, the history going into this is you've got Matt Morgan and Hernandez who were once partners and now you've got some dissension in place and Hernandez has downgraded his tag team partner to Chavo. <laughs> sure. 
So I like Super Mechs. I think Hernandez could have had a really good run in TNA as one of their their main main level workers. I mean, dangerous, dangerous boy. As but as we get, <laughs> I was going to say he's a bit a bit lethal. It's almost like he knew. <laughs> and fair play to you, Sean Hernandez. <laughs> so the story during the match is that Morgan wants Joe Ryan to like prove his worth. Just going to leave that there. You can all make your own fucking jokes. So Morgan basically takes the night off and makes Joe Ryan do all the fucking wrestling. Hernandez takes all the heat for some fucking reason. So Charvo can get the hot tag. I'm like, did they get this backwards? Did they realize they've got it backwards? Like, what the fuck, guys? In 2013, Dixie Carter must have been really annoyed. I sent her a DM about ratings. I was like, you know who we're going to fuck over? This guy with this match. Yeah. Charvo, oh, this, mm, this crowd has a moment here. Chavo does the three amigos and not a single fucking cunt in the audience chance for Eddie. And I'm like, fuck these people. Do they not? They're not wrestling fans. They're literally not wrestling fans at all. They, they, any wrestling fan sees a wrestler doing three amigos is like, Eddie, Eddie, right? Yeah. Are you, as, as you mentioned in the intro, people are on holiday at Orlando Studios. They've come around. They've been, they get to see the, the circus performers. I genuinely think there's at least four or five people in the front three rows who are paid to be there. They are unreasonably enthusiastic about this show at times. Yeah, it's really embarrassing seeing Dixie in the front row. <laughs> there is a woman that looks almost identical to her. That, oh God, I don't want to play into cliches here too much, but does not look like any sort of wrestling fan I've ever known, right? Like she's, Pretty sure it's Claire Lynch. She's straight out of central casting, mate. She is literally an actor in the crowd, paid to be like, yeah, woo, all fucking night, man. It's the worst. Matt Morgan Would you prefer her or Progress fans? Hmm... Difficult. I prefer paid fans. Yeah. At least they do what they tell you, you know, like WWE's crowd right now. <laughs> uh, Matt Morgan falls backwards over Joe Ryan, playground style out the ring. Hernandez goes to pick Ryan up in a powerbomb, but waits, and it looks like Ryan's sandbagging him, but Ryan's, to give him his due, as much as I can, is bending his knees and trying to jump up. Hernandez is just kind of bent over looking at him going, we do powerbomb. <laughs> You like Young Buck? <laughs> Why good brothers here? <laughs> it, it looks like Hernandez is just fucking it up, basically. So Hernandez picks up Ryan on the second attempt into the powerbomb position and proceeds to completely dump Joey on his neck and head in a vicious-looking fucking powerbomb. Congratulations, mate. Well done. Thank you. That one's okay. For the one, two, three, and still Charbo. Uh, no, no, no. Not the, not, you didn't mention the frog splash from Charbo. Sure, I'm gonna miss a lot. I skipped over. <laughs> I was a lot of yeah. this show. I'm not gonna. Be... I, I just don't give a fuck, man. <laughs> There's very little on this show that made me want to care about what I was watching. And I love professional wrestling. I'm a huge mark. I do a podcast about it every fucking week. I work for Wrestle Talk. I could barely stand this fucking show. <laughs> this opening match will start. I'm not gonna lie to you. It took me four attempts to watch this because on three attempts I fell asleep. Yeah, mine was three. So... <laughs> I watched the rest of this yesterday morning, having my phone on my laptop while I was trying to do tax returns. Good job. Very nice. <laughs> and I'm not going to lie to you, granted, you know, hello, soon to be former employer. Um, I was doing very diligent work whilst watching professional wrestling. And to be honest, the tax return was more interesting than this match. There we go. So, and still tag team champions are Charo and Dangerous Mexcunt. 
<laughs> no, our hero, Sean Hernandez. <laughs> In this scenario, yes. So, Jeremy Borash backstage with Mr. Kennedy. It just sounds so much better when you say Kennedy because you can go, no, at the end. But he's Mr. Anderson here, obviously. I think we also need to set the precedent as per my notes that we call him Mean Gene Borash. <laughs> Perfect. Because they treat him exactly how WCW were treating Mean Gene. That TNA is, even in 2013, where they've been around for, what, like 10 years by this point, are still just desperately trying to replicate everything WCW was doing. But badly. TNA is 2000 WCW. Yeah, undoubtedly. Um, I desperately miss Borash Frosted's frosted tips though from the first oh, show. Oh yes, should have kept them. This is gimmick. Did Got you ever? Over. Did you ever have frosted tips? Um, no, I had highlights for about a week, and I got mocked relentlessly. And was like, oh, <laughs> shave my head then. <laughs> I was about thirteen, twelve, something like that. How about you? Did you ever ever have hair? <laughs> <laughs> I love you. Um. I think, in all honesty, uh, my hair started to fall out after I bleached it once when I was, how old would I do? I think it would have been out sort of 22, 23. There's a really old picture of me where I actually had hair and it's just bleached blonde. And then after that, I was like, hang on a minute. Where's this bit gone on the top of my head? Oh, I, fuck. I, I seem to remember you having hair when I first saw you play bass in a band. So I, I, did, I, 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 I did have, have some hair. You also <laughs> love a sweatband. I do love a sweatband because <laughs> to be a, to be a bit of a pussy about it, how I play bass, I'd get a lot of my wrists smashing against the body of no, the bass. No, so I'm not just <laughs> Some bass players play without a pick, and they don't have this problem. But I'm a pussy, and I play with a pick. <laughs> Coming from the drummer, who like you know his hands and his wrists don't work anymore because of my previous occupations, I can understand this, and I probably should have taken more precautions. But yeah, it's all good. Um, blah, 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 blah. Anderson is sick of the TNA storylines. <laughs> so he went to get a steak. Is this promo here? He's angry because Samoa Joe blamed Anderson for, and I quote, Kurt's demise. I'm like, have they killed Kurt Angle? No, it's not WWE. No one's died. <laughs> Anderson and Joe are going to wrestle, and it's next. So Samoa, oh, go on. This was the Aces and Eights link here, because obviously Anderson said he's not part of Aces and Eights. But he likes hanging out with them and having a good time. <laughs> That's what people say when they have an affair. It's not anything serious. I'm just hanging around. We're having a good time. <sighs> there's, there's a Genesis joke here, but I can't be fucked to make it. <laughs> Samoa Joe versus Mr. Anderson. Samoa Joe comes out and is not got his racist gimmick, his dick on his face thing. You know what I mean? The fire dancer shit. Thank <laughs> God he's not doing that anymore. But we've got our hip-hop theme, towel around his neck, angry Samoa Joe. The Samoa Joe we all wanted from the day he joined TNA, and it took them fucking forever to get to this point. Oh, we got him. We, we got the Joe we wanted when he was going against Angle on no. Angle's debut of that headbutt. That was the probably the best feud TNA ever did, Angle Joe. True. If you're also trying to say they booked Joe correctly for the seven years he was with them, I will tell you to go fuck yourself because he should have been given the belt on the day he debuted and kept that belt for seven fucking years. It's simply what it comes down to. This is the man. I was a huge ROA mark kind of throughout 2003, 2004, 2005 when he jumped to TNA. And I remember being like, yo, I'm going to start watching TNA because they've got Samoa Joe. And they finally started off. He started off well. 
they started off well with squashes showing complete dominance yeah. and then then it fell off a cliff but it's almost like no one in the big american promotions now has to book him yeah i think he's um found a really comfortable place on commentary but the point when tna were like yeah we'll draw a dick on your face and give you a samoan gimmick like fucking hell mate seriously can you not see past just his race it's like a mitchell and webb sketch where they're like we want you to be the usos but not the usos but we want you to be umaga but not umaga like that but not like that (laughs) but sort of like that but not like that are we the bad guys (laughs) yes Anderson does his go on (laughs) you see these chickens they they lay eggs (laughs) fucking hell (laughs) I bet like no one watched this show is listening to this pod right now but I found it funny so there we go Anderson does his mic dropping for the ceiling gimmick genuinely cool Uh, the mic drop his music immediately cuts out so he does the, it's not sing along with the rock gimmick, you know, where he does his Mr. Kennedy, but then tells the fans to shut up as they go to do it. So um, he gets some heat, lots of booze, a few giggles from the crowd. It's, it's all right. Ken Anderson's always been an all right wrestler. I enjoyed his work in WWE and he just fell victim of don't fuck over Andy Orton. Yeah, don't get injured either. Injured More importantly, often. don't get injured give up the money in the bank to then only go like two weeks later going oh yeah it's not as bad as they said oh fuck yeah true so commentary really started to rub me the wrong way during this introduction because Kennedy's coming out and Joe and him are doing quite a good job of building some heat and trying to get some tension in this match and the commentary are just going on and on about sports they won't sharp about like you know Oh, the Green Bay Packers, they lost this weekend to Kennedy must be furious. You're like, can we talk about the fucking wrestling match, boys? What are you doing? I don't like cross crossovers. I remember a UK WWE pay-per-view when they were saying, oh, and uh, congratulations to the Manchester United who beat <laughs> the Spurs today, 2-0. I was yeah. like, first of all, we did lose 2-0, and they're not the Manchester United, and Tottenham are not called the Spurs. Yeah, man. Uh, it never works to British crowds. Like, just don't ever try it. Come in and be like, oh, yeah, I came to see the Chelsea were rubbish. And 90% of the crowd would be like, way Because we we're we too small <laughs> to have those allegiances in big areas. You know what I mean? It was always funny on Channel 4 when they'd, they'd go, and also to our fans in the UK at staying up late watching us on Channel 4. Oh, it's obviously in London. It's been a good win for the, the, for the Palace Crystals. <laughs> <laughs> the Palace Crystals. I love it. <laughs> So, anyway, as commentary are talking fucking bollocks on commentary and endlessly pissing me off, Joe and Anderson stand off. Joe pie faces Anderson. Great way to start the match. Anderson takes off his shirt in frustration, chucks it in Joe's face, punches him. Good heat-filled start. At least these guys are telling a story. Is the one note I've got yeah. to start with. And poor Mr. Anderson, because when Jeff Hardy does that, all the women scream. <laughs> Anderson, not <laughs> like crickets, mate. <laughs> So the story seems to be that Joe thinks Anderson set up Kurt Angle. I know this because Joe does a move, then shouts, you set up Kurt. He then does a move and shouts, answer me. So what's the story here? So Angle's been taken out by Aces and Eights, one of the every single babyface on the roster who's been taken out by Aces and Eights. And they suspect that Ken Anderson set it up because he's been hanging out with them. So as we said in our intro, right. Ken Anderson was offered a spot in Aces and Eights. He hasn't taken it, but he's still hanging out. 
Dark Order Adam Page. Pretty much. Except yeah. Dark Order Adam Page was hilarious. Mate, oh, stuff on Dynamite this week was so good. He said yes. Oh, wait, no, he didn't. <laughs> so fucking funny, man. I had a great Stu time. Stu Grayson kicking people down the tunnel. Get away. He said no. <laughs> and all the dancers coming out to celebrate. They were like, oh, fuck. No. <laughs> oh, that was that's prime pro wrestling, mate. Oh, I love AEW so much. They don't hit week to week all the time. But when those highlights come, they are so, so good. The stuff with Miro going, you've got to be his best friend. <laughs> Tell him I am your best friend. <laughs> fucking awesome. Like genuinely, AEW, I think, might be the best show week to week there's ever been in like major professional wrestling. Maybe ECW comes close. But like, I don't ever remember anything it being this satisfactory week after week after week. I'm a massive fan. I think you said this right on Twitter at Fanboy Rich, where you were highlighting that if you're not if you're a wrestling fan, why are you not watching AEW week to week? Yeah, it's, it's fucking brilliant, mate. So Joe getting a surprising... Oh, we have to talk about TNA now. <laughs> Joe, Joe getting a surprising amount of offense in, considering he's the baby face here. But it is Samoa Joe, so it makes sense. But then we kind of come to the finish here, Tax. <sighs> What's that coming over the hill? Is it Mike Knox? It's oh, Kelly, it is. Kelly's boyfriend. <laughs> Turns up at ringside with a hammer. I'm like, who throws a hammer? Um, <laughs> no one. I just thought it would be funny. Uh, Joe looks across to Mike Knox standing at ringside. What's the time, Mike Knox? <laughs> Dinner time. OSW fans out there, love you. So Joe turns around. And from looking at Mike Knox, Anderson hits his crappy looking flatliner, the mic check. <sighs> For the one, two, fuck this company, three. <laughs> Winner is Mr. Anderson. You're like, what? Really? Typical TNA. Have quite a good match, overbook it, and chuck on a weak-ass finish where they bury the guy where you all want to succeed. Ten weeks of this, tax. Ten fucking weeks. What have we done? Let me just give you the, the booking rationale here. One of these wrestlers wrestled in Australia on Hulk Hogan's Australian wrestling tour. Oh. One of these <laughs> one of these wrestlers doesn't have an ab. A visual a, a visual ab, obviously. Samojo has abs. One crappy looking flatliner. And they pin Samojo clean in the middle of the ring. His theme tune is awesome though. <laughs> you can see what's happened because Joe immediately rolls out the ring and is like, fuck this, and just heads to the back, right? They've gone, right, so we need Kennedy to beat you. Kennedy's going like, okay, well, you'll get all the offense in in the match then, and I'll just pin you with my finish. The problem is his finish is dog shit. So Samojo takes no punishment throughout the whole match and gets pinned off one fucking shit move. What I remember at this time period of TNA is just before Hogan and Bischoff turned up, TNA was on fire. It was really good <laughs> stuff. Dumpster fire, decent. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Well, de- decent storytelling. They'd made their own stars. You had the great triple threat main event between Joe, Daniels, and AJ. They were flying. Hmm. And then Hogan came in, brought in all his mates, and this is what's happened. Yeah. Like you said. No, no I mean... Ken Anderson is a decent enough worker. He's very, very good on the mic, very entertaining, decent hand in the ring. Yep. 
I can. But Samoa I think Joe, he's dramatically underrated. I'm. A, I am a fan. This is just not the way to do it, in my opinion. Sorry, go yeah, on. Yeah, and and with respect to Ken Anderson, Joe should be, as you said already, Joe should be in this main event picture. Fuck it, have Joe be the leader of Aces and Eights. Yeah, sure. Have well, him. Be- he might be. We don't know yet. Yeah, have him be the hitman. You know what I mean? Have him fulfill the angry fucking Samoa Joe role that we all know he's perfectly capable of doing to perfection and drawing numbers and bringing a crowd in for you. He's that fucking good, dude. Have you not seen his match with Kabashi in ROH, you dumb fucking cunts? Like, have you seen you what he's capable of? <laughs> do you think the booking of Hogan, like we mentioned earlier about the terrible pay-per-view buys, do you think Hogan's come in and gone, Joe main event in the pay-per-view didn't make money, so don't put him in the main event, he doesn't draw? Do you think Hogan and Bischoff just went with that sort of approach to it? See, the problem you've had here, Tax, is you've tried to put logic to Hulk Hogan's brain. I don't think there is any. I think literally this booking, if he's the one booking it, I think it's probably him and Bischoff backstage convincing Dixie to do shit she doesn't want to do. <laughs> Bubba's wife. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's, they're just going, ah, we'll do this. Fuck it. I like this guy. He's my friend. Put him over. I, I think that's literally it. Pretty much. I think they're managing to convince themselves that they know what they're doing. In reality, they have no fucking clue. Let's put AJ Styles in a suit with Ric Flair and sunglasses. Case in point. <laughs> they put AJ Styles in this fucking team at one point, didn't they? Is that on this run? Let's find out. No, no, because that's <laughs> Fortune, where AJ was in that. Oh, um, I'm pretty sure they put him in Aces and Ace at one point, too. I seem to remember there's a thing with him with the waistcoat on. He always wears a fucking waistcoat. Fair point. He's with... never left the gimmick behind. Just <laughs> <laughs> lives in it. Sleeps in it. Goes for a jog in it. <laughs> you know, it's got the little one hood. day I'll get a match with Taker, and if I keep this cut on, <laughs> I'll get it. Ah, uh, look at you with the terminology. The cut, I love it. So, Jeremy Borash or Mean Gene Borash backstage. What are we calling him? Mean Gene Borash. There we go. Mean Gene Borash backstage, talking hashtags because he's down with the kids. A wild Kenny King appears. So let's go with this promo. Whew, if you if you don't know the story, come up to this point. This promo for me, made fuck all sense. Because they never really explain why he's saying the things he's saying. Kenny King is a freight train. <laughs> and the only... Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> Kenny King is a freight train. Choo-choo! <laughs> Hi, Dan Hall. <laughs> and the only thing that can stop a freight train is Superman. But Superman isn't Jamaican. <laughs> Did you know he's not a shark? <laughs> <laughs> he's a very naughty boy. <laughs> Kenny King cuts a promo on Christian York, whoever the fuck that is, but it, <laughs> but it isn't about it's, it's Christ- Christian from York. <laughs> but it isn't about Christian York tags. It's about RVD, and you're like, what the fuck are you going on about? <laughs> this is ridiculous. Can were you were you watching this at normal uh, speed? Or are you working this at one point? Watching this at one point five? I watched this at normal speed. Every day that we watch the rest of the show, double speed. Fucking hell, me! <laughs> but at this point, I was trying to stick with it. King then because talk- they got. Go I was going to say they got over in this in all of Kenny King's mumblings. They got over that the winner of this match would get RVD, and the build up to this has been Kenny King going for the X belt against RVD. You say that. So the the way he does it, though, he doesn't make it clear enough that's what's happening. Because the gimmick is that they've had a tournament 
to have a number one contenders match to create a number one contender but the winner of that tournament is on this show tonight <laughs> but he's also going to wrestle as the number one contender after the final of this tournament but no one fucking explains that on commentary or in a graphic or in a video package or anything so kenny king is trying to explain this and it's it's just got too much to do and he's using words like freight train superman superman isn't jamaican he goes on about rvd's gone soft he talks about it's about christian york but it's not about christian york and that he's an emperor of the exit and you're like what the f- this is too much it's just impossible to latch on to logic here if you don't yeah, know all about happening. natural selection when he said that was like oh fucking hell kenny come on uh, and also just just take this promo as its thing is he a heel is he a face I'd go from an out again without looking into it before I, you know, went and found the backstory because you know, God knows they're not going to put it over on the show. I got this that he's a heel, RVD's the face, and you know, everyone loves calling him people old man. Put him out to pasture is always a heel line to say. Right. If he's a fucking heel, why is he coming out smiling and dancing for the crowd, and why the fuck are they cheering him? <laughs> uh, he's Jamaican Superman. <laughs> fucking <coughs> so i only picked this because i thought it would make you just have a meltdown every mate, week <laughs> i'm trying so hard to not just bitch and moan about it and to make it funny at least genuinely this whole show is such a fucking slog to get through <laughs> but remember slambury was a slog to get through and we were treated to some absolute gold slambury now. was funny tax <laughs> this is fucking awful this is hilarious this is this is how brit rest thinks wrestling should be booked i mean yeah pretty much so it's a tna x division title number one contender tournament final match of course it fucking is of christian york versus kenny king so this is the final of the tournament if they win that match they become number one contender and apparently they get to wrestle rvd no one fucking mentions that's tonight as well but it is and i'm like yeah go on and they put over Christian from York seems to be like quite the underdog. No one saw it coming, him getting to the tournament finals. Didn't he play uh, guitar in Corn once? I'm pretty sure he did, yeah. He wrote the riff that goes ba-bam, 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 ba-bam. <laughs> oh, what, like and all of the songs? <laughs> I like Corn exactly. as a kid, but yeah. You listen back to it now and you're like, oh yeah, they're all the fucking same. And it goes ding, ding, ding. Ding in the middle bit, ding ding, and then goes dum 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 again at the end, and you're like, oh, this is awesome, my kid, my childhood. Sayum for me some So TNA, the Uber Mark, tells us that Kristen York was the first on the first ever TNA show, and I'm like, who gives a fuck? Uh, these two lads do. Spots. I don't remember him. We covered it. Oh shit, we did. Um, <laughs> fuck, <laughs> I don't remember him being on it at all. The gold gauntlet for the gold tournament championship, gauntlet for the gold, 10 pounds of gold tournament, gold cup, touring trophy championship. Best gimmick ever. I have 10 fucking titles for opening tournament bollocks. These two lads do some spots. There's no heel or face, really. King does some heel spots using the ref doing cheap shots here and there, but he's getting cheered the whole fucking time. York is doing baby face spots. Come on. Come on! <laughs> Honestly, going from like watching the NWO storyline we've just done with all those cruisers in 96 to 17 fucking years later, 
and this bollocks of these guys in the ring. This is so much worse. I think when TNA started the X Division, you had things like Amazing Red in there. And to what they've now got in their X Division. Because Austin Aries, they, they? they made it so it could be a main event push to give them option C to, ca- to trade the X belt for a title match, which completely voids it of having anything. i tell you what, the only good thing that they did in this run with the X belt is when they had it as part of their video game to introduce a character into the show where they introduced suicide because it's a new concept that hadn't been done before yes it was shit but the concept was a really good idea yeah they called the, the character suicide though and you're like whoops <laughs> it's not a good yeah, look it, but it, it didn't help that his, like, his hand gesture was he's like finger gunned his head and blew his own head off yeah not good with wrestling that's for sure you know, there's a Von Erich family sitting there going, hang on. It's <laughs> a bit too close for home, this one. Fucking hell. Um, honestly, Kenny King has so much personality and has moments that could be great. And like, I've seen matches where I enjoy his work. He's a very talented wrestler. But this is going nowhere in this match. It's, it's again, shit. There's nothing that happens. <clears throat> They're just going all. through the motions of having a wrestling match. You know, I do a spot, you do a spot. I do a spot, you do a spot, leg slap, leg slap, rah, rah, rah. You know, it's... <laughs> Knee slap, leg slap, rah, rah, rah. You do a super kick, a double down, two count, do count, kick out of the ground. <laughs> double stop, cradle pin, reverse it for the finish. One, two, fucking three, dog shit. <laughs> oh, indie wrestling. <laughs> Ah, what a bollocks finish as well. Christian York wins. Shitty R- roll up. RVD has to wrestle this cunt now. Poor RVD. Todd on commentary gets banana, banana, banana. Damn! Great music again. That's the one thing TNA are getting right mostly. The themes are really, really good. Uh, Todd on commentary gets confused between York and King. How? Because uh, he doesn't fucking know pro wrestling apparently. Kenny York. <laughs> King gives York a crappy looking burning hammer and I'm like, how fucking dare you, sir? <sighs> For some reason, he gives him a burning hammer because I guess he's meant to be the heel even though, you know, they did a terrible job of telling that story. RVD exactly. comes out for his match. Go on, sorry. Uh, no, I've got no- literally nothing else to add other than just going on to RVD. Bro. And it's good theme music. So it, it's now the TNA X Division Championship match with, you know, injured Christian York because... We needed to injure this guy so we didn't look bad losing to Rob Van Dam. What? <sighs> He's the current champion. Well, I, I say Rob Van Dam, whoever the fuck this guy is, because this is not the Rob Van Dam I remember. This is fake Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> Does not want to be here at all. He's literally emotionless. Like, this is the guy who used to come out to, like, Pantera and shit. And be like, the, the fucking thumbs, the hands in the air, the crowd would go mental. This guy, whoever the fuck this is, strolls out to the ring belly first, like high as fuck. It's like, I have to wrestle this guy? All right, yeah, cool. All right, Do I get paid? I get paid? Oh, good stuff. Okay. This, this screams of, oh, fuck, we've done an X tournament and we don't really want to carry on. So we'll just get a winner and rob squash him at the pay-per-view and we'll just forget all about it. So the story here is that Rob Van Dam's a nice guy and so a face as the champion and tries to pick, you know, 
face young hurt guy that's on i say young apparently he was in this first tna show or whatever so christian york who's already hurt and doesn't want to fight him but york is being brave and fighting through the previous beatdown so two faces facing each other he's a man he's not going to give up he's got intestinal fortitude by the bucket load <sighs> rbd wins <laughs> Yeah, gets really botchy. There's a bit where like they try and sit him on the rope and York doesn't want to do it and RVD's, you will fucking do it. <laughs> uh, skip to the end, five-star frog splash, one, two, three, and still X-Division champion Rob Van Dam. Um, and the only thing I can say here is they try to tell some sort of story at least. It is the first story of the night. Yeah, this, there's, there's splatters of attempting to do storytelling it's just terrible well as you found dear listener if you followed us during the nwo uh series uh we now cut backstage to mean gene borash <sighs> yeah go on carry on i don't care <laughs> you can do this bit so jb talks to joe park about his debut match uh tonight so the whole gimmick is that joseph park right now brother of abyss abyss has gone missing Joe Park got kidnapped by Ace and Eights. He's wanted a wrestling match. He pleaded with Hogan to give him a match. Hogan said yes, but Joe Park went off to OVW to go and train. They showed these lovely little vignettes. Be- of- before, hang on, Alan, before you get into that, did you hear someone's phone receiving a text message during Joseph Park's promo? I didn't. It was probably the terrible mirroring on the terrible app. Professional TNA, man. <laughs> Just literally goes ding ding in the back. You're like, Dude, didn't even have your phone on silence in the production studio, you fucking imbeciles. Hogan's agent. Yeah, go on. So are we going to talk about this uh, training montage? Because I think it's pretty funny. Yeah, so we, as a podcast who supports training montages. Oh, absolutely, yeah. With our good friends Mongo and... Uh, you got to and- penetrate in the back, baby. <laughs> I'm going to get in these boys. <laughs> going to get knee deep in these boys. Yes. Mongo's the best follow our Twitter world of Respod. we retweet everything Mongo it's great and um, so they have Joe Park being like every wrestler in their first training day or alternatively Joe Park on a good day botchy 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 mm. pretending he can't wrestle doesn't understand until someone makes him bleed and then when Joe Park sees the sight of his own blood goes mental hits a black hole slam and then does weird Eugene S. Can gestures. Yeah, it's um, it's a fun idea. I like, you know, this lawyer who doesn't know that he's Abyss or thinks that he's, you know, the brother of Abyss or however they're portraying it at this point and then snaps into this kind of character occasionally. Like, it's not quite Festus-esque and it's not that silly. But it's, um, I think Joseph Park sells it brilliantly, man. It was interesting that they brought him in to be AJ's manager for a few weeks. Okay, didn't know that. In 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 WWE on SmackDown, he would he'd be his like his statistician or something like that. Sorry, statistician. Oh yeah, I watched SmackDown because I do the uh, news edit of it every Saturday, don't I? Yes, I I have a job at WrestleTalk. I watch SmackDown. <laughs> <laughs> in fairness, this is probably on Talking Smack. Okay, I don't watch that bollocks. I mean, it's probably better than SmackDown, to be fair. Even though SmackDown's been really good the last few weeks. Raw's been fucking terrible, but please carry on. I mean, there's there's nothing much to add. So the backstory, well, this is again... Okay, I've got two things I want to say about this, okay? Danny Davis is the trainer. 
weird little creepy dude but apparently he has like you know an important history in pro wrestling training you know batista's and john cena's in the edges of this world maybe not edge actually i'll take that back but you know batista and john cena's and such um he has one bit of amazing training when he's training parks at the beginning of this where he goes you know why that hurts because you're stupid <laughs> and i'm like <laughs> is this how coach wicked trained you <laughs> he just still calls me stupid now <laughs> Get out of Great that start. cravat, you asshole. <laughs> oh no, I still can't get out of the cravat. <laughs> Should we jump into the match? Yeah, I mean, the backstory of this we said, so Devon and the rest of Ace of Dates had abducted Joseph Park and it is Joe's, Joseph Park's first match and both of these assholes are wearing black. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can pretty much tell who's who, to be fair, though. One's got a god-ass ugly belt. Yeah. I, I, was it the TV belt at this point with the red leather? The maroon yep, leather? Yeah, TV title. Oh, maroon leather on a fucking ugly gold belt. Oh. But it's it's a non-title match because, you know, TNA. Well, he's got to earn. His, it's his first match. He can't expect to go into the ti- into a title match. He's not Snoop Dogg doing a frog splash with that skilled execution. Fair point, fair point. So uh, the one note I've got here about the entrance wage is that Devon's obviously been for a ride in a roller coaster because he's coming out the wrong side of the impact zone. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm late, guys. I was just having to get some nachos. <laughs> it's Universal Studios, isn't it? I like how they, for this entrance ramp, well, sorry, the Ace and Eight's clubhouse, they've got a nice little carpet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like an entrance way. It's laid out for them. Can't get my boots today. I'm a biker. <laughs> Well, you don't want to strut it into the clubhouse because then Gallows, when he was a prospect, would have had to clean it up. Yeah, fair point. So, uh, Devon, let's talk about his gear a little bit. So, he's wearing a black turtleneck with a gold chain and a leather waistcoat combo. So, he's off to join the village people after this match, right? Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> I wrote that joke about ten times. I was like, I think that's the politest way I can do it, the most reasonable way, right? <laughs> All I saw with Devon's attire when I started thinking, how are you going to wrestle in this? Yeah, sure. It looks a bit sweaty. Good thing they didn't. <laughs> Parker's wrestling in a tracksuit. Give him his credit. He is super fucking over, man. The crowd really love this innocent baby face kind of gimmick he's doing. The holiday makers were very much into traveling man who was there for a, for a make-a-wish. Absolutely. I love that Devon, while he's wearing what he's wearing, the pleather with the black turtleneck and the gold chain and shit, it's like, oh, you can't beat me, Joseph Parks. So it goes into the amateur mount me from behind wrestling position. I'm like, oh, is Mongo about to appear? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, it's great. Park does some chain wrestling to a huge pop. The crowd really get into it. Uh, I, I say it, it's like, you know, an arm knock and a fucking headlock and that's about it. But it's it's funny the way they portray it, I would say. Yeah, the takedown, then mounting him on the back and slapping him around the head a bit. The classic, you know, I'll teach you, young boy. See, you know, spots. There you go. Uh, this idea continues throughout the match as Devon beats up Park a bit. And then Park gets like a moment and the crowd reciprocate by cheering for him. It's good fun. Um, it's, it's good fun for a boring wrestling match. I think that's a fair way to put it, right? That's a beautiful description of it. Park climbing Brett's rope for a splash. Does an amazing job of selling he doesn't know what he's doing. Goes to climb up it front ways. Goes, oh, I don't know how to do this. So turns around and props himself up on the rope. And then brings his feet up. It's, it's, it's genuinely clever stuff, man. Applause to the character. This, uh, this is the whole thing with the Joe Parks. Sorry, Joe, Joseph Park 
gimmick. I, I say we get his name you wrong can... every single episode of this review now. We just constantly swap between park and parks. Good old theme park. I'm pretty sure Hogan uh, got it wrong like every time. So, <laughs> you know. Well, you know, it's understandable the number of white people going over on this card. What's that? Hogan's not a racist. <laughs> uh, I didn't even notice, to be honest. But yeah, you're right. In fairness, Devon wins here. So, you know, Hogan can be, you know, vilified that people of colour, you know, are, are, are victorious in Hogan's wrestling association. Oh, I just fucking hate Hulk Hogan. <laughs> Park goes nose first into an exposed tan buckle. A tiny bit of blood coming from Park's nose. Park- As he puts his finger up his nose to give himself a nosebleed in the corner. Is that... Wor- I mean, yeah, that's how he did it. There was no blading. He was literally just jam- jamming a finger up his nose to get get blood i wondered what they did because it just looked a bit stupid it's not like they had a blood pack or a blade or anything you're telling me that he actually just shoved the finger up his nose to make it bleed a little bit that is what i am understanding through my research i mean okay. he did a pick job ah oh, seems a weird um so park snaps Comfrey tells us park is going for his brother's spot abyss am i right uh, Park. Hey-o. Yeah, exactly. Park comes back to reality suddenly. Devon rolls up Park. One, two. Fuck this company. Three, and your winner is Devon. Yikes! And then after the match for the uh, for the privilege of winning, he continues to beat down Park. <sighs> mean Gene Borash backstage <laughs> with. Tax's favourite wrestler, Austin Aries, is here, mate. What did you think about this? He can cut a promo. So Ar- He's not the greatest man that ever lived. Yeah, fucking name. Aries and Rude are going to take out Jeff Jarrett together. They have an agreement. Jeff Hardy. <laughs> Dude, I said Jarrett. Double J's not there. J-A-R-R-E-Double-D. At least that would have been entertaining. Yeah, I wish Jeff Jarrett was here. Not enough Jeff Jarrett in this run of TNA. Fucking A. Can we can we talk about a double for a little bit? I'd rather we didn't, but we should probably for the you know he's in the main event. So you got double A on Anderson, and you know Austin Aries has gone. Hey, look at me! I've got two A's in my name. I'll call myself Double A. Oh, can't do that. What shall I do? Uh, a double. <laughs> A double what? Basically, you go and try and buy batteries in Lidl, and due to con- naming convention, you've now got to have an A double rather than a double A to put in your camera. Yeah, it's it's really fucking stupid. I've ne- I always hated it. It just sounds so awkward. It was I just I've never got it. Yep. I've never got Austin Aries as a character, as an in ring. I said his promo is yeah, you know, he can talk on a microphone. He's he's got shit tattoos. He's got a small man complex, and I've never really rated his work. During this run of TNA, um, I would say you know, the the year before this, when I was still kind of watching TNA, he was one of the highlights for me, and I think his matches were of a high quality, and I liked his um his heel character. The four star matches, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I liked his original heel character when he came in as that cocky, abrasive heel. But I, I remember vividly how they constantly swapped him between heel and face. So by this point, I'm like, I think he's already swapped at least three or four times, like in a very short amount of time. Typical TNA. So I remember by this point being like, oh, just enough. Like, 
Austin Aries has had some amazing moments. Like that moment he beat Joe for that ROH World Championship is one of the greatest moments in professional wrestling history because no one saw it coming. But he seems to be a guy that has just buried himself endlessly. The whole falling out with WWE about not getting his match with Pac on the DVD. And even though that, that main year opener on the pre-show, it was a great match because Pac doesn't have bad matches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. But it should have been on the DVD, to be fair to him. But, you know, you're getting paid probably quite decently to be on there and, you know, you do the TNA thing and bury yourself with them. And, you know, just not around much anymore, is he, really? I haven't seen him do anything in ring since he um, basically walked out of TNA after he no-sold Starship Pain. Well, it was him. I, I was going to say it, but I was like, was it him? It was, wasn't it? Yeah, he no-sold that shit, and apparently it was planned, and everyone was like, no, it fucking wasn't, <laughs> dickhead. What are you talking about? <laughs> Hasn't been back since, so it doesn't seem like it was planned. Nice paying off of that storyline. Mm. So, next up, Tax. Are you ready for some softcore porn? I do love a gauntlet match in the knockouts division. I do love getting the 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 comfort sock out for this match. <laughs> Not a term I've heard before. That was quite funny. I've never used it before. I might say <laughs> using comfort <laughs> sock. Mm, lovely. So the perv camera op pans up Christy Hemi in a close up. Right. I mean that was crotch. ridiculous. It's, it's that was just ridiculous. Literally, it's like knees are filling up the whole of the camera. Then literally pans up to her crotch across her boobs. Just about gets to her face as the end of the fucking sentence is finished. Which was really difficult for me. Keep on pressing pause. (laughs) Special guest referee. And I'm like, okay, they've got a special guest referee. Obviously, there's a woman standing there in a referee's outfit. No one fucking mentions who she is. At all. That's because we know who she is. Um, I had to look it up because I wasn't really watching it this time. Oh, it's Taryn Terrell. That's the one. It's, that's her name, isn't it? Yeah, Taryn Terrell. Yeah. Good stuff. Because she was like um, Knockouts champion and stuff, wasn't she? Her stuff with Gail Kim. Apparently it was, was really good. Brilliant. Yeah. Really, really good. I remember looking her up because I was like, who is this? I need to find out. Apparently she was like married to Drew at one point and like, you know. She was, yep. Is very happily like, you know, out of the wrestling business at this point. So all the power to her. So it's a special guest referee, TNA Women's Knockout Title Number One Contendership Gauntlet Match because of course it is TNA. Of and also, why can't they have their title match at the end of their gauntlet when they're knackered? Fucking hell! <laughs> Fair point. No consistency. Hashtag Me Too. <laughs> so the competitors in this match are Mickey James, Gail Kim, ODB, Velvet Sky, and Miss Tessmacher. Gail Kim out first, Tessmacher out second. Taz on commentary. Fucking hell. He will not shut up about Tessmacher's ass and how it's powered by propane. Like, it's really fucking pervy, dude. And this is 2013, at a time where wrestling had, in theory, started shifting away correctly from a lot of the old world mentality of it. But you know what I was, I've noticed about this match in comparison to WWE? Now, WWE, when they had their Divas division, and it was a lot of very attractive women rolling around in pancake pudding matches yeah every time there was a, a hook of the leg they would always move the camera away so there's not just those the the money shot of just the, the crotch mm-hmm. tna will move their camera and someone hooks the leg to go oh there's a there's a vagin pants there <laughs> zoom in a bit you know yeah <sighs> it's, it's, it's as you shameful, said i think man. 
Really shameful. De- desc- describing this, and considering you've got Mickey James, Gail Kim in here, is it, is is atrocious how they treated these women at this time with the objectifying elements of it. Obviously, I know I joked about Poison Christy Hemi, but when you have a noticeable difference, especially watching this now, and when you refer to it as softcore porn, even when you had Stacey Keebler and Tory going against the Miller-like catfight girls in a pillow fight at Mania is less objectifying than this trash. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it's quickly run still, through. still Brooke Tessmacher's bum powered by <laughs> propane. <laughs> Soul Food, aka Eat Defeat, by Gail Kim gets a one, two, three, and Gail eliminates Tessmacher in about two minutes. ODB out next. Commentary calls her tits propane tanks. Brilliant. This is just fucking rioters. Gail Kim um, pulls ODB off Brett's rope and pins ODB for the one, two, three. You heard me correctly. She pulled her off the ropes and pinned her for a one, two, three. Gail eliminates ODB. What the fuck was that, Tax? A opportunistic pinfall. ODB didn't land on the propane tanks, so she hit her head and died. <laughs> Hardcore cunt! Re- <laughs> How dare you! stupid gimmick in it uh mickey james out next to face girl kim they actually mickey james album recorded by dixie carter's husband is a fucking banger (laughs) how dare you (laughs) they actually do some wrestling here these two are fucking great can we not just have these two wrestling on pay-per-view you know but mm, did mickey james forget her gear yeah she was just wearing like a shirt and a pair of shorts or something wasn't she like jean shorts right i know she's hardcore country and I, i looked at the boots and i was like they will not be. They will not support your ankle. Sure. If Bobby Lashley stamps on the floor near your foot, <laughs> you're going to go down. <laughs> I love that spot so much, man. I'm hoping that was deliberate. They were like, "Oh, look, we can do silly shit too." AW. <laughs> <You know? laughs> uh, get- I wish he'd fucking stamped on his foot. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I I still like him, but mate, he's so funny. Every week I get a little pop from like Matt 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 Riddle on these terrible shows WWE put on. <laughs> Even though SmackDown's good, I'll give it this to you. I'm just joking because it's funny to say their shows are terrible, but they're not that bad right now. He's just a shit Rob Van Dam. <sighs> shit Rob no, he's Van not. Dam. He's significantly better. They do some wrestling. Excuse me. Gail avoids a nothing off the top from Mickey when Gail grabs the ref. Roll up reversal. Gail can. Gail Kim ends up on top. <coughs> Pulling the tights. Oh my Outrageous. Can she do that, Joey? Yeah, exactly. Mickey's feet are clearly in the ropes. One, two, fuck this company, three. Can she do that, Joey? She's a heel. This fucking ref, Jesus Christ. Uh, Gail eliminates Mickey James. Velvet Sky out next. Well, I think it's Velvet Sky. <laughs> Let uh, the pigeons loose, Taz. Mm. Gail jumps Velvet from almost directly in front of Velvet. <laughs> How do you do that, Tax? Magic. <laughs> it's so stupid. Velvet walks down the ramp, right? Gail bails to the outside, the opposite side of the ring. Walks around the ring almost directly in front of Velvet. It goes, ha ha, motherfucker. <laughs> jumps. It's like, ow. <laughs> the way velvet's telling it looking around going where did she go <laughs> it's, oh. which way did she go oh 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 oh, <laughs> oh so funny I, this is one of those moments where i was just like pissed off and annoyed with this whole show i burst out laughing when velvet was like oh no <laughs> scale comes around like directly in front of her to surprise her 
Oh, it's great stuff. Uh, Creepy Taz talks about Velvet's lovely cat suit. So many pussy jokes there, Taz, and you couldn't even make them. Me wow. This is the moment that got me the most. Creepy Taz, which is his new nickname, goes, You never want to say small package during a knockouts match. Wow, wow, wow. Do you get it, Tax? They're women, and there's a wrestling move called a small package that is also the name for a small penis. Do you get it, Tax? They're women. Penis. <laughs> Fucking tap. Uh, there are a lot of rats in the Red Hook section of Brooklyn, New York. Some people try and justify that Taz is a good commentator. I say, listen to this shit. He's fucking awful. He was awful on SmackDown. He's awful in TNA. He's had- he named his son Hook. <laughs> <laughs> He's not a fucking pirate. That's that's what was it with Paul Burchill? Rufy. Oh, <laughs> that's a good joke. If you've seen Hook. <laughs> Obviously not. <laughs> God's sake. Anyway. Um, Creepy Taz, man. Fucking enough already. <sighs> Gail chats shit to the ref. Velvet has... Gail hits her shit-ass version of a pedigree called the In-Yo-Face, Todd tells us on commentary. Thank you, Todd. Gail Kim hits... <sighs> Gail Kim has her foot under the bottom rope for the second time in the fucking match. The ref counts one, two, fucking TNA three... Boom. Winner is Velvet good thing she caught. Good thing she caught her, though. Good thing she caught her. What? <laughs> what do you mean? Caught who? Gail Kim didn't win this. No, Velvet Sky wins oh, it. Oh, sorry, sorry. Velvet, sorry. Gail, oh, sorry. Gail Kim's feet are under the bottom ropes. Yeah. And the ref counts one, because two, fucking three for the second time in the match. I did some research into this, and Taryn Terrell does not have a referee's license. <laughs> <laughs> She hadn't been down in OVW with Joe Park just to find out how to ref. Anyway, number one contender, Velvet Sky. Moving on. Just horrific in every sense, this. Terrible, terrible, terrible. Sorry, we get a good promo now. We're halfway through the show. I'd completely lost it by this point. Had to take a very long break. Of course, we now go backstage to Jeremy fucking Borash, mean Gene Borash. Uh, Hogan announced via Dixie Carter's Twitter that James Storm will be wrestling Chris Daniels because that's how we do wrestling now. <laughs> what? On the Twitter machine. Hogan announcing via Dixie's Twitter that James Storm's going to be wrestling Chris Daniels. Should we just say it again? Hulk Hogan. Hogan doesn't want TNA shit on his timeline. No one will read it. <laughs> Hulk Hogan's like, hey, Dixie, can I borrow your phone for a minute? I'm going to announce a wrestling match for the upcoming pay-per-view. Hang on, just scroll through those pictures. Fuck. What are you and Serge doing? Fucking idiots. These fucking morons, Tax. <sighs> they're up on social media, Rich. They know what they're doing. <laughs> so, I love Christopher Daniels, right? We can all agree Christopher Daniels is a really fucking good professional wrestler and a very important professional wrestler, right? Wasn't it great how you got to call a Chris Daniels match on commentary? I'm a lucky, lucky boy. Thank you very much, Mr. Tax Williams. That was a pleasure. He's a bit of a mess of gimmicks at this point. 
anyone with an apple teeny gets my vote. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. But he's got military medals on a pleather jacket with occult stuff on his tights. He's the ring general. He's got an apple teeny. He's the fallen angel. He's got a tag team partner in Frankie Kazarian, who's now his manager because he has manager papers. It's like, okay, do we realise we have Chris Daniels here? He doesn't need all this shit as well. We can just have Chris Daniels be a very good wrestler, you know? Again, Bishop and Hogan, like they did to AJ, they didn't think Chris Daniels could cut it being the fallen angel or just Chris Daniels. Fucking stupid, man. His promo here. Do you want to talk about this? <laughs> so Daniels basically much storm for his speech. <laughs> his fans, and his wardrobe, so covering all the basic bullying techniques, um, highlighted that Kaz had got his manager's license for tonight, so he can be at ringside. So it's good to know that TNA have this real official administrative procedure (laughs) where if you want to be a manager and be at ringside, you must have paperwork. Because in fairness, we've not seen any managers yet, so obviously only Kaz has applied. Daniel says that they're going to be in they were going to be an inspiration to children everywhere. <laughs> He's going to finish his drink, his appletini, head back to the ring to shake his ass, then kick Storm's ass. And then, and then Daniel says, Storm's won't win the title shot, but he may worship them. <laughs> now! And off they go. <laughs> it's great heel work here, man. Doing the best he can to get himself over as a heel. Really loved it. Ah, I'm James Storm! <laughs> oh, Literally doing Chrissy like, did. you know, James Storm, the slack, George Loco. <laughs> it's really good stuff, man. I'm going to go and meet someone down in the bio. <laughs> down my bar. <laughs> beer, beer, beer. <laughs> Me like CD? <laughs> <laughs> Me young buck. TNA World Heavyweight Championship number one contenders match of Christopher Daniels with Kazarian versus James Storm. Uh, I've got to say, James Storm's entrance is pretty fucking awesome. James Storm at this time was great. And it would have been nice had he stuck around in NXT. I think he'd have had a decent run there. Yeah, and as seen on all the documentaries recently, and I think it was also noted on WrestleTalk, that um, AJ's music in WWE was meant for James Storm. Interesting. Did not know that. I love the way when Storm comes out, he's got this really cool theme music. And when it cuts down... There's like a silhouette of just James Storm standing there. Then an explosion as the music kicks in. The timing and the production here, really, really cool, man. Loved it. Uh, Mike Tanay tells us that the first this is the first time these two have ever wrestled each other one-on-one. And I was like, pretty cool. Uh, instantly brought back memories of the Elix Skipper cage spot. Oh, yes. Turning Point, one of the first main pay-per-views for TNA. Yeah. Because that was... um. Uh, Oh, was it Ultimate X versus Americans Most Wanted, wasn't it? Was was their team called Ultimate X? The Chris Daniels and Elix Skipper team? So, oh, I thought it was something X. Let me have a quick peruse. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Carry on chatting while I delve into the world of everything else. It's cool. So, um, I mean, when these two come out and they're playing solid heel and face dynamics, I'm just like, oh, thank God. At least there's something that we can cheer for or boo here or understand that they're trying to tell a story with. Um, Frankie distracts Storm by getting a cheeky look at Storm's ass, pulling down his trunks. Really funny. Uh, Fra- Triple X. Triple X, Sorry. that's the one. Good stuff. Uh, yeah, the bit where Frankie pulls down James Storm's, Storm's trunks that distract him. 
Have a look at his ass. Let the pigeons loose. <laughs> Creepy Taz was all over it. If he would have been, then it would have been funny. But like, you know, he's a sexist piece of shit. So he's not going to, obviously. Ah, frankly, constantly getting involved behind the ref's back because, you know, they're heels playing up to being heels. Do you want to pay attention, TNA? This is how you do wrestling, you know? It worked really well. It was a real breath of fresh air. This whole, the, the whole craft of this match thrown together on a Twitter post. Yeah. Mm, it's a shame, isn't it? But they're, they're doing a great job with what they've got. Um, Taz tries to fucking ruin this by doing what he always does on commentary. He does this faux real world wrestling tactics commentary phony bollocks where he's like, oh yeah, man, the old saying of you take out the leg and you take out the man. <laughs> this sort of shit. And you're just like, yeah, that's what fucking sport is, you twat. It's <laughs> like... Bruh. That's what we said back in the nineties. If you kick your leg out of your leg, you take out the man. <laughs> he goes on like, yeah, like my dad once told me, if you grab a headlock and you twist his ear, you get that taunt, that taunt on it, and that means that your arm will expose itself to the the winning of the. Oh, just shut the fuck up, Taz. Tell the story of the match already. Like, you know- I look forward to when I can do more commentary and just do this. Going, my dad taught me when the. The TV license man's come banging on the door because you owe him 300 pounds. You hide under the bed and keep quiet. And that's what he's doing under the ring right now. Oh, it's great stuff, man. Uh, these guys start to build to a finish. Todd on commentary gets their names confused again. I'm like, how? How are we getting these guys confused, you fucking idiot? They went WWE style. Daniel Christensen. <sighs> commentary are literally just ripping the shit out of him and constantly going on about the fact he has no idea who these people are like can you stop getting yourselves over guys and talk about the fucking match in the ring right now uh, and it was a really good match what it was yep just thrown together i really enjoyed it loved it it's probably the best match on the card yeah two two performers i i really really like yep as well i of the storm only gets two for storm really cool to see him picking this out because he hasn't used it for a while apparently uh, a couple of missing and kicking out of finishes building up to the finish a couple of john water specials by storm Frankie distracts Storm for a bit because, you know, TNA is fucking bollocks. Daniels pins Storm, getting his feet on the ropes out of fucking nowhere for the one, two, fucking three. Boys, put a finish on this match, please. But more importantly, Daniels is number one contender for the ugly belt. He is. Hopefully we get like some good wrestling matches and some solid finishes, but I doubt it. Really, really nice treat this was, especially as, as you said, if you took a break to come back into this, you would have thought it was a completely different company till the finish. Yeah. Another overbooked bollocks finish, though, because, you know, it's TNA. But they, they made the best of their time. I, d- I don't think any of them ended up looking worse off after this match. Agreed. Absolutely. Replay from Impact Wrestling last Thursday. Do you want to... Because this is like, you know, the bit we're here for. So. Last Thursday on Impact, uh, Bully Ray was in the ring with Brooke Hogan, Hulk Hogan, and her baby daddy Sting. Woo. Um, and over the last few weeks and months, we've seen Brooke Hogan and Bully Ray's romance blossom like two young lovebirds who don't have 20 years between them. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> two people learning Hogan how to act dis- on the job. <laughs> Which is why Brooke Ho- why Hulk Hogan is furious at this. But what we see as the highlight is that Bully Ray proposed to Brooke Hogan on impact 
and not suggesting it's going to be a shotgun wedding, but on Impact next week, there's going to be a wedding. <laughs> Hogan's acting, and I say acting very loosely during this segment. You wouldn't have thought he'd been in the wrestling industry by like 30 years by this point. Hogan, when he's showing his disdain for Bully Ray proposing to his daughter, when he's trying to like puff out his cheeks, is the sort of face I make when I'm trying not to vomit. <laughs> Why are you not? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's terrible. But yeah, this is why we're here. There's going to be a wedding on Impact, which hopefully will be a lot more entertaining and we can talk a lot more about it yeah. than this pay-per-view, which continues when Bubba and Brooke head to the ring. Crowd give Bubba the what treatment during this promo. Uh, Bubba starts to chat about the wedding angle. Bubba then grabs his phone to shoot a video of the fans for Twitter, whatever the fuck that is. <laughs> <laughs> on his Twitter machine and as he's like going are oh, you all going to come to the wedding <laughs> he's panning across the crowd Taz goes oh he didn't hit record and I'm like oh wait a sec I tried so hard to analyse whether he'd hit record or not on the phone I'm 90% sure he didn't hit record he doesn't want that shit on his Twitter all these holiday makers I, I tried to look into it but I don't think this this sort of twi- hit, uh, history of Twitter still exists I think they've deleted it by this point I couldn't find it anywhere or he just never Bully posted Ray, it I would say Bully Ray jokes about Lady Gaga and the Stones coming to his wedding and then <laughs> good Brooke luck with whispers, that dickhead <laughs> Brooke whispers a name to him and he says fucking hell no we can't invite Taz <laughs> <laughs> and then they careful invite now, everyone everyone to the wedding so they can all be there at Impact. So provided I think they don't have flights home tomorrow, they can come to the wedding on Thursday. <laughs> and that was a TNA segment, everyone. Hooray. Aces and Aces. Now, go on. I was going to say, before you go on, so there's going to be a wedding on Impact, which is going to be on next week's episode of uh, World of Wrestling Podcast. It will be, yeah. Do you think there's going to be any problems with this wedding? Nah, it's wrestling. Weddings go great, don't they? Into our co-main event now then. Woohoo! Aces Nate's video package. Basically, they were masked. Now some of them have been unmasked. They're feuding with the Stinger. Good storytelling. Sting versus the DOC of the Gallows variety. Doc coming out from the roller coaster's entrance. <laughs> Doc holds up the gang sign. I'm like, okay, I can see what you're doing here. It's like the okay gesture, but with both hands all having their fingers extended. So it looks like an A and there's eight fingers in the air. Get it? Doesn't look very cool, but okay. Neither's their biker gang. <laughs> exactly. Um, Tax, would you like to go over, well, whatever the fuck this was? Well, let's just say walk and brawl would be a lot of, you know, quite a compliment for this. So Doc hits the floor and Tax Sting as he enters the arena because obviously we've got two separate entrances one for the tna guys and one for the end up i mean ace uh sons of don't you uh, dare eight. don't you fucking dare call them nwo how dare you sir i'll call them the sons of eights yeah there we go um they brawl into the crowd that's even insulting because sons of anarchy was quite a good show until the end fuck that last episode was stupid wasn't it but you know yeah this is fucking awful and also fucking hell the the acceleration would just drop off the bike if you're going no-handed. <laughs> you just fall under the lorry. Yeah, fucking hell. And it would go over you because the Arctic was so big and you'd go, ah, fuck. We've done all this storytelling. What's going to happen? Really? That's 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 what we're going to end the show with. Yep. Okay. 
See ya. Good thing, good thing we've got our Mexican spinoff coming in five years' time. <laughs> Which I've still not watched, so don't spoil it for me. I might watch it one day. It's good. It's quite good. Cool. Anyway, so they brawl into the crowd, and then some members of Aces and Eights attack Sting. Bring. Luckily, the ref, the ref <laughs> is very... <laughs> Luckily, the ref is very polite and says, Excuse me, chaps, please do you mind leaving? This is a one-on-one match between Luke Gallows and the Stinger. Yeah. And they do. So they leave politely. And uh, Gallows takes control. They head Bring. back into the ring. <laughs> That's my new gimmick. I love it. Uh, Gallows goes for a cover and then tries to intimidate the referee, Sam, Sam Crow style. Basically, after they brawl, walked and brawled, they get back in the ring. Sting tries to work the legs of, of Gallows, but Doc takes control and goes for more covers. A couple of rest holds here and there. Sting fights back, looking for the Scorpion death drop, but Gallows has watched wrestling, so blocks it. <laughs> Sting goes again for the knees and kicks, uh, kicks Gallows, gets the death drop and covers for two. And I was like, fucking hell, they're really putting Gallows over here, kicking out at two. Gallows then goes... Uh, goes for a charge and obviously as a big man who can't actually run like a freight train always misses sting kicks his leg out of his leg clothesline big right hand from sting sting a splash death drop eight minutes gallows most look like an absolute chump bring <laughs> so sting also wrestles in a t-shirt true sure so aces nates out after the match bubba ray chases them all off by himself because he's got you know a wallet with a chain on it and i'm like these fucking pussy bikers. What's this about? Everyone loves Grebo Chain. Yeah. And we all had one. That's that. That's our introduction to Aces Nates for the evening. Great stuff. Well, so so far though, we've seen Bully Ray align himself with Sting to go against Aces and Nates, because Sting's down as Hogan's buddy. Bully Ray's now going to be marrying into the family. Um keeping Ho- Hogan's name, so it's gonna be called uh Bubba Hogan. <laughs> He's also got his white, white, white hood ready for the wedding, you know. <laughs> um, but basically, we're now starting to see more members of Ace and Eight and continually interfering, getting the business of Sting, Bully Ray and Hogan. Hmm. I wonder, as Bully Ray's come to chase them off, if they'll get involved in the wedding. <laughs> Find out next week on the World of Wrestling podcast if you can't already see what's coming. <laughs> Come to oh, this fucking Ace and Nate storyline so far. What do you think, mate? I mean, they've had the very slow burn of six months of just, you know, <laughs> tr- trashing people. They've not had many wins. So you've you've had Devon win the belt. You've had Gallows lose on a regular basis. And obviously, you know, we're not going to have Sting put over Gallows. But mm. even if it was a schmozzy finish where Gallows could have stolen a win or have Knox come out and twat him with a hammer and they get the roll up. But then you can't really have Bully Ray coming out to make the save. In all seriousness, the slow burn of having Bully Ray, the he's the one who unmasks Devon, and then there's the shock when they first find the unmasked member of Devon. If this was the direction they were planning on going the whole time and having a whole sort of six to eight month build for this, to have Bully revealed maybe as part of Ace and Eight's fuck, um, then... I like the idea of the slow burn, but the problem is the execution of keeping Ace and Eight strong rather than having essentially the putty patrol getting beaten off every time. Yeah, and this is the problem. And with, also wrestled. Yeah, this is the exact problem with Ace's and Eight's from what I remember and what I'm seeing already is that you can't have them be a strong faction because they're all C-rate players. 
Yeah, the- that's the problem. And as you said earlier in the pod, having Devon as the big mystery reveal, that's not something you're going to go, oh... Yeah, exactly. And I have no problem with, you know, where this goes with Billy Ray. I think he's a very, very good character. And I think he's doing quite a good job of trying to tell the story they're telling. It's just the story they're telling is stupid as fuck up until this point. Yeah, hopefully it's going to get better as we lead through to to um to to, 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 to find a resolution. Sure. So um back into the um arena, commentary talking shit to camera. Mean Gene Borash backstage with Bobby Roode tells us Bobby Roode and Aries are going to gang up on Jeff Hardy. At least it's consistent with what Aries was saying earlier. But that's about it here. Doesn't say much else. Classic heel tactic though. And we've had an interview with both heels so we know exactly what we're going to get going into the main event. Sure. Video package for the main. These all three guys cut these kind of weird emotionless promos to camera kind of interspersed with footage of the lads in the ring. It's it's it really highlights the fact how much these guys have changed heel and face in their time with TNA already. Because you just can't tell. Yeah. You you can't tell who you're supposed to be cheering for. And that that is the problem, as you've said before, with TNA on the whole. Mm. The video package the problem, isn't terrible, but I've like you with, would have thought like this, go on, this match. Go on. Sorry. Sorry. No, go ahead. I was just gonna say that the, the weird thing with this video package is You've got a director behind the camera who's probably going to be Bishop or Hogan or someone or whatever. And they, you see, like, you know, Austin Aries talking to the camera like there's there's nothing going on. He's so emotionless. You'd be like, bro, this is the main event of our pay-per-view. Can you try and put some emotion behind it and some feeling? Like, actually direct the guy cutting the promo? Like, really? That is his full, that's his full effort of emotion. Oh, maybe, That's man. the only tone he can speak in. But Bobby Roode driving in the car, cutting a promo, is doing ten times the amount of work that either Hardy or Aries are doing in these promos. He wants to be the champ. Yeah, I think he's the only guy that really cares currently. Yeah, it's his hometown promotion. When he came in with Team Canada as essentially their muscle mm. to what he's come to now as their, their top heel, you know, he wants it to succeed. Yeah. And he also, I, I get the impression, as as most wrestling fans are, and at the time, Hogan's come in, Bischoff, one of the creators of, or, or impactful in one of the biggest moments in wrestling as we covered on our last series with the NWO. You want to impress on those influential people in professional wrestling because you know it will help your career. So at least by going all in and being energetic about it, you've got a chance when it goes to shit of being able to get a payday elsewhere. Sure. There's, there's so many former WWE people that are just calling it in for a payday on this show and generally in TNA during these kind of few years with Bischoff and Hogan in charge that it's it's almost refreshing to see someone like Bobby Roode really putting some effort into his character and his promo work and such you saw it earlier with Daniels and James Storm though Mm -hmm. the originals from TNA are the ones who actually put in the grafted and working with the shit salad they've been given to work with yeah you feel gutted for them that they're not getting the pushes they should be getting really for the rewarding for their hard work, rewarded for their hard work, you know. I mean, we'll, we'll get to it each week, <sighs> but and I, I touched on it earlier. The fact that these guys could have been legit main eventers in this second level company to WWE, where people could still make a living, still be on Spike TV, because let's be honest, WWE is a premier wrestling company because it's a it's a brand. TNA on Spike was 
was good for Spike, but it was better for TNA. But when it started going to shit with storylines like this, Spike just washed their hands of it. Yeah. They've got like thoroughbreds ready at the gates to go, but all the jockeys are fucking imbeciles, you know? Great analogy. So time for our main event of the evening. The pre-match <laughs> graphics are fucking shit. All right, Todd, on commentary. Yeah. <laughs> I've had enough of me. Uh, not a view of Podder, just this fucking show by this point. Um, TNA have no clue what a fucking tail of the tape is, right? So they, they, they bring over a graphic that says tail of the tape. This, oh, I, I'm so angry by this point. This bollocks pops up. So a tail of the tape, right, is meant to be stats. Like the height, their weight, their advantages, their disadvantages, you know, things that tell us the story of the matchup that's about to happen in the simplest kind of sporting manner, right? TNA's tale of the tape reads like this, lovely listeners. Champion, issues challenge. Title, tug of war. Can Hardy survive elimination? I'm Young Buck. How is that a tale of the tape? Unbelievable. (laughs) What fucking gun put this together? Seriously. Right, so... TNA World Heavyweight Championship three-way elimination match of Jeff Hardy, our current champion, with his ugly fucking belts. Jesus Christ. And his shitty entrance music. <laughs> oh, dude. But it's so bad. Don't, 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 don't. Billy Corgan told me to put a question mark in my band name. <laughs> oh, I love Billy Corgan, but don't trust him. He's just trying to make you look shit. And it's worked. Oh, so bad. So Jeff Hardy versus Austin Aries versus Bobby Roode. Aries has a shitty, shitty, shitty little cape. (laughs) It basically makes Mad Kurt look like his cape's really good. (laughs) What the fuck is that cape? It's like he's got a fucking, uh, like a tea towel and just put it around his neck and like, ha ha, I'm a bad guy now. You know what happened? Basically, Matt Morgan was backstage and went, Call that fucking cape. <laughs> Mate, I think so. It's so stupid that you have two guys that are both kind of like athletic white dudes with trim haircuts and stuff. I know they're completely different sizes and shapes and stuff, but that like, you know, one's like a miniature shrunk version of the other one. And they've both got dumb capes coming to the ring on one How fucking dare show. you do not insult Matt Morgan and put him <laughs> in the same league saying that they're the same as Austin Aries. How dare you? <laughs> Rude has his ick for it factor gimmick currently, which is <laughs> his ick factor. <laughs> uh, sorry, um, that's my science is playing up. Rude has his it factor gimmick, which is the same as his usual Ric Flair ripoff gimmick, but his entrance video now has the word it factor on it. At least his shitty robes are a step up from AJ's shitty robes. Yeah, and um, uh, Greg the Hammer Valentine's fucking Fisher Price version of the robe. Well, he's just bought a st- he bought a dressing gown. Yeah, <laughs> that was it. Fucking a. <sighs> Rude staring at the overhead camera while he's on the turnbuckle is pretty fucking awesome. Again, putting a lot of effort into his character here. Really appreciate that. But then, Crack Hardy <laughs> enters with his ugly TNA belt, his even uglier custom TNA belt. For some fucking reason, he's got both of them. Jeff has eyes over his eyes. That must be really difficult to paint. Fair play to Jeff Hardy. I bet he'd be good at painting Warhammer miniatures. <laughs> Aries and Rude have words, but they team up on Hardy for a bit. 
Hardy takes Boo. Hardy takes out a guardrail on the dive to the outside. Pin that fucking guardrail. One, two, three, let's go. <laughs> they had another replay showing Jeff Hardy completely missing the flying clotheslines. Bobby Roode turned his body away from Jeff Hardy and Jeff Hardy cannoned into El El Hijo de Guardrail. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That that's yeah, that's over with me. El Hijo de Guardrail gets taken out by Jeff Hardy. I mean, Jeff Hardy misses the dive to Rude, right? But he's probably seeing like six of Bobby Rude in front of him anyway. He's high. Well, as he does fuck. have four eyes. Mate, he's completely high as fuck. He's out of it. You can tell so much. He is wrecked at this point. I I'm really glad we're not covering the part of the terrible main event where with his match with Sting. Yeah, he's not in good shape. And I know it's like sad now. And thank God he seems to have got himself sober and. And to be fair, he's on WWE shows every week now, and he does seem to be having a lovely time just doing the raps, you know. And also promising that when fans come back into the building, he'll have his old entrance music back. So, you know, that's something to look forward to. <laughs> wait, this one? Because <laughs> this is so bad. Can't wait. I mean, someone's got to get those rocks for Peroxwijin on, <laughs> on, uh, on Spotify. How do you spell that name? It's got a question mark in it because it's supposed to be Perox Y Gens, but Billy Corgan told him to put a question mark in instead of Y. Is Billy because, Corgan's clever? Because why? And likes ribbing people. <laughs> Some fun, silly three-way spots. They do a Tower of Doom and Hardy does a kind of Whisper in the Wind-esque spinny dive off the top to knock the tower down. Really funny shit. Um, I just didn't give a I, fuck by fairness, this point. He did, he did boot Aries in the face beautifully yep. then. Um, honestly, by this point, TNA have just taken the wind out of my cells absolutely entirely. So I was I was trying to enjoy this match, but just couldn't really get behind it. It's just no... Oh, and just so you know, Jeff Hardy's band is called Perox Y Gen. So it's spelled P-E-R-O-X capital W-H-Y question mark G-E-N. <laughs> I can't even. I can't, mate. <laughs> Don't get me started. I'll be here for half an hour analysing that if we do. <laughs> Aries and Rude crash into each other occasionally, giving Hardy some hope spots. Obviously, the two heels are constantly tagging up on Jeff Hardy, trying to eliminate him. I, I appreciate the logic here. Until. Hardy just keeps kicking out of everything these lads can throw at him. Rude fucks Aries by moving, out of, moving Jeff out of the way of a 450 for some fucking reason, so the two heels can now fight each other. It was, I was so pleased that they didn't do this until they did it. Didn't make sense. Fucked up the story. Aries backslides Rude. Hardy hops on for fun too for the one, two, three. Rude is eliminated. Bollocks. <laughs> Commentary seemed confused by the fact that the ref just counted to three. Do they? they they've never seen wrestling before, I, I guess. Todd on chemistry. Todd on chemistry. Todd on commentary doesn't understand. The ref counts to three. It's fucking Earl Hebner, right? Or was it Brian Hebner in this match? One of them. They all look the same to me. <laughs> <laughs> fucking white people. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> hello to our white listeners. <laughs> Is that okay? I don't know. We are watching lots of Sunny in Philadelphia recently, so I'm not sure what's okay anymore because that show is really <laughs> messed up in places. Um, yeah, the ref counts to three, eliminating <laughs> Rude. Commentary are like, I think he just counted to three. Like, yeah, that's how wrestling works, you fucking morons. 
Jesus Christ. Couple of twists of fate. One to the hardest part of the ring on the outside. That the commentary are like, "Oh, it's the greatest thing I've ever seen." You're like, and it looked a bit shit, to be fair. It was not good. Swanton, one, two, three, and still TNA wankery is Jeff Hardy. Some Uber marks at ringside to celebrate because they've been paid to. TNA goes, guys, let's be honest. I'm like, careful now. <laughs> you don't want me to be honest. What we have just witnessed, one of the gutsiest, one of the most courageous efforts and performances ever. I'm like, right, put it back in your pants, Tanae, you fucking mark. Jesus Christ. This was one of the worst shows we've ever covered on this podcast. There wasn't anything funny. This was just bad wrestling. Yeah, we've tried to make light of it and we've tried to point out some positives as much as we possibly can. I... So I'm going to try and finish it on a positive note. Okay. Do you want to hear the names of Jeff Hardy's band studio albums? <laughs> <laughs> okay, before we... let's do that post-show, right? There's one little bit to go over. Todd on commentary sends us home with this thought. Incredible. <laughs> incredible effort you google resiliency the first thing that pops up guess what he's gonna say commentate listeners you google resiliency the first thing that pops up on the search is gonna be world heavyweight champion jeff hardy and i'm like bro do you want to use more of a shitty cliche to finish the show that's how he finishes the show he does the classic Mate, if you Google wankery, you'll get you. <laughs> Actually, if you Google it, it comes up with res- resiliency, peaceful living wellness online magazine. Yeah, the capacity to recover quickly <laughs> from difficulties. Semicolon toughness. Two, the ability of the substance or object to spring back into shape. Things that TNA could never do. Oh, dear. Fuck this company, minus five stars. Carry on. What were you going to say? Jeff Hardy's band. Cool. Did- I mean, so we'll come back to uh, we'll come back to Ace and Eight next week, and hope we've actually got something funny to do it. But let's finish off on a light note. Did you know that Jeff Hardy's band has had three studio albums? <laughs> okay, is it all just Jeff Hardy doing the instruments, or are there actually other musicians? Oh, there's other musicians. Current band members include Jeff Hardy, Junior Merrill, Dale Oliver, Bobby Huff. And John Mark Painter, these, I assume he is an artist. Are these all just Jeff Hardy in different shitty masks? With different, no. Different shitty and umbrellas and walking sticks. On the, if you click on the link to go to the band website, uh, peroxygenrocks.com, mm, amazing. it's blank and it just says Junior was here, which I assume is one of his band members called Junior Merrill. But did you know one of the past members of this band was Shannon Moore? <laughs> I'm not surprised. Do you think he looks like he gives a fuck? Hey! <laughs> Studio album names, get ready for the level of... I mean, they're described as alternative rock, alternative metal, post-grunge, indie, acoustic, gothic rock, and they're signed to the TNA Knockout Music label. Um, The three studio albums released every two years. I, I'm disappointed he stopped after 2017. Whoa, hang on, hang on, hang on. You're skipping over some quality here. TNA Knockout Music label. TNA Knockouts Music LLC is an American record label operated by Total Nonstop Action Wrestling, primarily as a platform to release entrance themes of the promotion's wrestling per- personalities. Do, do the bands have in- to wear like slutty uniforms and like you know finish their albums in three minutes? <laughs> the founder of this company is J Double F J A Double Double T. Of course it is. Uh, Dale Oliver is also the uh, 
head of music, so that's why he's involved in Jess Hardy's bands. Right. And they've released quite a lot, including an album called Terran Terrell's Hot Mess. <laughs> Is that what they're calling it nowadays? I I'm, I'm pretty sure the camera panned Rails. over that at one point, didn't it? <laughs> uh, flange. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure the flange pedal was used a lot on Jeff Hardy's first album, uh, Plurality of Worlds. <laughs> so, like, there's more than one. So, oh, the, the second album. Pl- so, pl- so, wait, hang on. Plurality, plurality of Worlds would be like, you know, the descriptive nature of more than one world. Okay, it's got some sort of logic to it, I guess. Okay, the second album, released in 2015, Within the Cygnus Rift. <sighs> don't know what that is. It sounds like a bad Marvel character. Well, don't worry. If you were looking for a good album title, look no further than Peroxygen's 2017 release, Procession of the Equinoxes. <laughs> the pluralization of ex- Equinoxes. <laughs> With the Lone Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> and while I'm going to go and bathe in my Equinoxes now, uh, where can people find you on social media? <laughs> Fucking hell. <sighs> Uh, I am at Fanboy Rich on Twitter. Uh, followers at World of Rest Pod on Twitter is the best place to communicate with us for the pod. Uh, WorldOfWrestlingPodcast.com is a good place to find all the stuff you need, including links to our new merch, which is fucking awesome. Where can they find yourself, Mr. Tex Williams? I'm at the Tex Williams on YouTube, MySpace, Bebo. <laughs> Because you're not allowed on the uh, other platforms anymore. Is that why? <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah, me and Trump have both been removed. Um, Hello, we, our uh, white I'm audience. On... <laughs> <laughs> I'm on uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Um, buy our merch. It's awesome. And as we said, you know, we've made them as low as possible on Amazon, so we don't really get much on it. But they're cool designs. It's got our good buddy, friend of the show, Murder Clown, on it. And... If you're a new listener and you've come back from WCW, sometimes there are shows we cover that the wrestling is downright shit. Zero cornflakes in the serial ratings for me this week. Yeah, minus five cornflakes. Like I, I very, very rarely actually give out minus five cornflakes. This was abysmal. This was the fucking shit. I would never make anyone watch this. But watch next week's episode of Impact, the 17th of January, 2013, if you can find it. I had to find it by very nefarious means. Uh, also, if if just by any chance, if the person who happens to be sharing these episodes of Impact on that website, I'm sure you all know where I mean. If you could fucking see the last ten percent, that'd be great. Because <laughs> <laughs> if not, we're going to be doing Joshi Pro next week. <laughs> i'm pretty sure i've got next week's episode downloaded already but you know there might be a might be a segment missing here and there let's put it that way so on the plus point we can have a joey styles walkout of this pod episode of this of this series if we can't get the rest of the episodes it gets so shit we could just abandon ship halfway through i am determined to go through these 10 episodes and do you know why because i think each of those impact episodes is less than an hour right i think we're at like an hour and 20 Okay, that's tolerable. We can do it, Tax. We can get there because it's all impact until the very last show, which is a pay-per-view. And that pay-per-view is going to be difficult, but we we can do it, man. I believe in us. I can't believe I've got to keep my subscription going to that fucking Impact Plus till we do this pay-per-view. So we can't have any weeks off either. (laughs) 
Fair enough. Uh, will we have an aneurysm next week? I'm going to get a heart monitor for next <laughs> next week's podcast and see what's like the highest rate my heart will go up to. Fucking fury at TNA's booking. Just remember, guys, go and monitor your processions of equinoxes. <laughs> Fucking hell. Right, see you next week, everyone, for the 17th of January's uh, TNA Impact episode 2013. It's going to be... TNA! 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 TNA. The louder you guys are, the better the wrestlers will perform for you tonight. And that's why I kicked your leg out of your leg. We're tough. We can take it, baby. You got to penetrate in the back, in the back, baby. Oh, I can see what you're talking. Wait just a minute. Get, 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 get